The following podcast contains adult language and subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. You don't have to be famous to be interesting. You are listening to A Conversation with Albie. This is Episode 5, John G. Weir Jr., Part 2. This is part two of a three-part interview with Johnny G. Weir Jr. If you haven't listened to our fourth show, part one of this three-parter, I suggest you go back and do that now, as the middle part of a conversation doesn't make sense without the first part. Without any further delay, let's go to part two of Johnny Jr. Well, that was some crazy stories from uh, Oregon at Perkins, but uh, what about our life outside of Perkins? Like, I know uh, you like a lot of music. We've gone a lot, of, a lot of concerts together, but you've gone to probably a lot more concerts than I've gone to. Yes, I've gone to quite a few concerts and gone to several concerts ourselves. Yes. Um, seen Britney Spears together four times. That was fun. Yeah. And I've seen her a fifth time with my sister, Catherine. Uh, we've seen Iron Maiden together twice, which was awesome. Yeah. My favorite band in the whole world. Yeah, I like them. Iron Maiden. Well, I have a rule about concerts. If somebody else buys, I'll totally fly. Yep, and I do buy. And I fly. So it works out great. Yes, it does very well. Those were good concerts, too. A lot of fun. Every time we go to a concert, we either stay the night, go to Universal, Disney, make a weekend out of it. Yeah, always do something. Britney, Disney, Britney, SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless it's Miami, then we come straight home. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, you don't want to hang out in Miami. Nope. Uh, Last time we hung out in Miami, uh, that was fun. It was uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania 28. Yes, all of us were there. That's right. Biggest live show I ever saw. How many people were there? Like 70-something thousand, 78,000 plus. Wow. That's a lot of people at once. Yeah. Everybody leaving the parking lot at the same time. (laughs) That was crazy. Yeah. I don't know. uh, $75 parking, I think uh, we should have stayed a couple more days. Yeah. Yeah. Parking $80 a day. (laughs) No matter where you park in Miami. If you have a car, don't go to Miami. Or don't park. No. Well, yeah, just keep driving. It's cheaper. Fill up the tank and keep driving. It's cheaper. Driving. Get one of your buddies just to drive it around the block. It's cheaper. Uh, I guess people don't have cars there. I don't know how that works. Everyone lives in the building, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they get to work. But it's always a lot of fun. Yeah. What things stand out in your mind of, like, fun, crazy adventures we've had? Because I know we had so many we can't, like, really talk about them all, but it's, like, crazy, funny, weird. Just one little thing that sticks out in my head is you remember we were, uh, I think we were in my Red Firebird at the time, no air conditioning, Mm -hmm. 105 degree weather. Yeah. We stopped at that 7-Eleven on Coronado and uh, Cape Coral Parkway, and I got, like, a coffee drink or a Yoo-Hoo or something. And I opened it, and I was drinking it. And I read it on the bottle. It said, shake before drinking. So mm-hmm. then I shook it up, but the lid was already off, and it went all over us. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was quite a mess. I think I did that to you myself. On purpose. In the car one day. Shake well before opening. I shook it well, opened it played with you like I was going to open it and it was going to squirt all over you but it said to shake well and then when I opened it it blew up yeah. <laughs> it's all over everything in the car yeah so you got me back yeah like the time you exploded a Caesar salad bag of lettuce in my face that was funny too <laughs> <laughs> a lot of physical comedy with us and yes. not intentional no 
that's just the way it happens. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of those things when you you need a million things at the store, and you know everything you need, but when you get to the store and you forget your list, you don't know what to get. Oh, is that what's going on? That's what I feel like. So what are some of the other bands that you've seen? Well, Iron Maiden's my favorite band, and I've seen them eight times. First time was in Fort Myers, Florida, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1985. And recently was... The Final Frontier World Tour, April 16, 2011, Sunrise, Florida, with Brooklyn, Albie, and Heather. That was fun. Yep. I've seen Britney Spears five times. I've seen Kiss many a times. First time I saw Kiss, I was nine years old, maybe pushing ten. And I remember my cousin Darlene was babysitting me for the night. This is when I lived in Boston, Massachusetts. Kiss was playing a concert, and of course my parents, no, you, you can't go, you're too young for that. Right. They ended up going out, my cousin babysat, well, I gotta babysit, watch you, so where's it make a difference where I watch you? So she watched me at the Kiss concert, and that was the first time I saw Kiss, Boston Gardens, 1978. What were you thinking? Were you, uh, were you just in awe of the spectacle? Because they put on a killer show. Oh yeah, I had some of their posters on my wall, and some of their records, and you know, I was always a KISS fan as long as I can remember. But to have the opportunity to see him, it's pretty awesome. When you're a kid, you know, it's kind of maybe not as memorable as if you were an adult mm-hmm. to see them. But mm-hmm. I remember I was there. And uh seen KISS in Fort Myers. Total of six times I've seen KISS. Uh, I've seen Metallica five times. Uh, Aerosmith four times. And lots and lots of other bands. We both saw the Get a Grip tour, right? but separately because we didn't know each other yet. I believe so. And uh, that's when I saw them with Jackal in Chicago, Illinois. I saw them in Tampa with Brother Kane, I want to say. Brother Kane. Yeah, they had like one album. Hmm. I seen Aerosmith in Fort Myers was 1987 with Ted Nugent. It was like Permanent Vacation Tour, maybe? <clears throat> yeah, wow. Good one. I can't remember the name of the tour. It was, that was about that time, though. Yeah. So we've gone on many trips, uh, Universal Studios, uh, SeaWorld, Disney World, mm-hmm. any other world? Uh, Flea World. Flea World. Largest flea market. Yes, we Orlando. were there. Yes. Uh, Wally World. Yes. We Weekly. Go, we go there often. often. I remember uh, when we were just getting to know each other, uh, took you to Walmart and you wouldn't get out of the car. No. <laughs> Why was that? Because <laughs> I said it was past 10 o'clock at night yeah and you, i don't go to walmart that late at night yeah you you were like it's after dark i'm not going to walmart i still think i don't <laughs> yeah it's weird when you go in and it's light and you come out and it's dark you know i just don't like coming out of the store and it's dark i think at the time it must have been maybe because you're you know you take the bus most places so buses don't run at 10 o'clock at night and here anyway so why would you go to walmart at 10 o'clock at night no you wouldn't but now you just go along wherever if I have to. If you have to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, usually. <laughs> so you worked with me at the restaurant for better part of what, nine years with me and 10 years altogether, 11 years altogether, maybe? Mm, eight years. Wow. Yeah, I worked there. Well, I, I worked there one month before 10 years. Okay. And you started a year after I did or transferred into this store a year after I did. So close to 10 years. Every day, working together, every shift was great, wasn't it? Same days on, same days off. Wore the same shirts. Yeah. We were John and Albie, Albie and John, and nobody knew us apart. Nope. Everyone thought we were brothers. Yep. 
He was John, I was Albie. Yeah, they never got our names right. Never. Yeah. All the girls called me Albie. Yeah. And him Albie. I guess it was just easier. <laughs> yeah, you know somebody like 10 years and they'd be they'd call you the wrong name and you look at them like, seriously? You at least still if I say Albie, I'm, it's one of them will answer me. Yeah, that's probably why. You know, we get that outside of work as well. People would come up to us, you two brothers? <laughs> No, nope, we're white people. No. <laughs> um, you weren't at the restaurant the whole time. No, I did leave for a little while. Yeah, you you moved up to six months. Where was it? Uh, Crossville, Tennessee, up in the hills. Tennessee. What was that like? Um, it was like camping and being stuck there. It was beautiful. The mountains, the scenery, very very beautiful. But there's just nothing there. Very small town, very far away, no real work, you know. It was just like living in the mountains. Parents had a nice cabin in the woods, and they had a deer feeder in their front yard. Most people have bird feeder, (laughs) and deer would come in their front yard and eat. It was definitely far in the woods. But while I was up there, I ended up finding a job in the small town at a fast food place called Zaxby's, which was a nice, easy job. Worked there for several months, and things just didn't work out. Cape Coral was more of my home. It's where I spent most of my life. More independent in Cape Coral. More friends, more memories. So, eventually I ended up coming back, and back to Perkins. Which was cool for me, because that was a rough uh, six months for me. Yeah. I had to pretend I was an octopus. Now I haven't worked there. It'll be uh, two years this September. Wow, already? Yeah. It's crazy. Or longer. Yep. 2009, it'll be three years this September. Wow. Yeah. Three years. So what have you been doing in the meantime? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I started off looking for work the best I could and the best way I could. The last time I looked for work, it was rarely you had to do an application online. Everything was paper application or in person. So it was different for me, a little harder. I didn't understand it as much, but all in all, through all the places I've been and applications I filled out, it exceeded that of maybe 200 in about two years, so about 100 jobs a year I would try for. Um, Not one person called me. It's um, it's not easy trying to find a job with limited means and education and skills. I've worked in restaurants most of my life, and most of that is when you're in your 20s. Now that you're in your 40s, you're a little slower. Can't keep up as fast. It's not as easy as it was. It's hard work. It's a lot of go, go, go in the restaurant. Not easy at all. So I haven't found where I belong or where I'm going to be working next. I'm still looking for all that. Um, I haven't looked for work for a while. Um, I spent some time in Missouri visiting my mom. First time since my dad passed. Saw her new house and that was nice. Um, now I feel like I'm ready to go back and look for work, but it's hard because you don't want to start all over again after you did it 200 times. It's like, where do you go? What do I do? How do I do it? The longer I put it off, the harder it gets. So where I go next, we'll see when it comes to work. What I do now is I do a little house cleaning on the side. Um, Albie's mother, every other week, a few other people here and there once a month it's not much but it's a little something 
Uh, it's a full-time job taking care of my roommate, Frank. Um, he's a lot to tend to, uh, if that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's a handful. He's he's got a lot of needs, and he's really appreciative to have you. Yeah, not in a bad way, but he's he's definitely a handful. Mm. I keep the house very clean. I make the lunch. I make the dinner. You know, do a lot of stuff around the house. Uh, right now, I'm applying for a position in NASA to be an astronaut. Um, I don't think I'll get it. Um, bad news. Yeah, they stopped the shuttle program. Yeah. So probably not. Yeah, well, that's that was what I did. I have shuttle experience. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen one or two before. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't know. Sometimes when I'm uh, sweating profusely and in agony because all the workload I have and the fact that the brand new $12,000 air conditioner is broke again at the restaurant, sometimes I'm jealous of you, but... Uh, I understand that it's no picnic either, being out of work and not being able to have a job. So I guess, you know, I got to appreciate what I have. Yeah. I really wish I had a job where I was working. Mm-hmm. It gave me some sense of normalcy and some sort of life, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can only try so hard for so long, and I haven't given up, but I need to get back on the horse again. Because once you fall off, it's hard to get back on again. I'm sure it's very yeah. discouraging. A little bit. And especially now that uh, if we were to continue that analogy, uh, since the economy dipped in the toilet, you're not just trying to get back on a horse, you're trying to get back on a Clydesdale. Yeah. Not only did I lose my job, but so did 80 million other people. Yeah. It's a weird way in that you lost your job. I mean, the lady there just didn't schedule you anymore. Yeah. It's just weird. Personality conflict. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. She was a mean, mean person. Oh. But... We got uh, new people in charge now. Can't be as worse as before. Eh, it it's not as bad. Better. It's not any good. It's really horrible working there. It depresses me like you you don't know. But there's no other jobs. And I think everything you just said, except I'm in my 30s. And it's only going to get harder and harder. Yeah. You know, look at Mr. Ed. You know, we worked with Ed. He worked literally till he died. His ear fell off and a month later he died. Yeah. But at least we took him to a hockey game. That was a good time. So what he wanted. He said, one last time, I would just want to hang out with somebody, do something, go to a hockey game. And we were like, okay. Then we took him to a hockey game. Mm. A month later, he was dead. Senor Carlos was there. Frank Greisha was there. John Larson was there. Big group of us. Yeah, it was a pretty good time. Yeah, it was. I think he had a couple beers. He was happy. Had a hot dog. Mm. Yeah, working at Perkins, for the most part, I liked the best part was meeting Albie, becoming friends. Um, I never really had a problem working at Perkins, but the worst thing about it was the management, the way they treat their people, and, and our general manager was the worst general manager, worst person I have ever met in my life, and anyone that ever knew her would tell you the same thing. Name withheld. <laughs> <laughs> and they get rid of one, and then uh, I'll, you get a new one, and you're like, all right, we got a new one, and then they're worse or just as bad. Yeah. But this was the worst manager I ever had in my life. Yeah, you guys didn't see eye to eye. Terrible. Nope. So I'm sure you'll find something eventually. Eventually. Yeah. I'm still, you know, always looking. I just want to find something that suits me, Mm -hmm. fits me, Mm -hmm. something I I can do. You know, I'm not very physical. I I don't want to work outside. Don't have a car. Limited computer skills. High school diploma. At least you got that. Slow. Remedial. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but that's the Asperger's. Yeah, and I got Asperger's. 
<laughs> it's true, but it's funny. It's just a funny name. Why it's would they funny. name something that? And I have OCD. Yeah, obsessive compulsive disorder, which I is good for have cleaning. Social anxiety, big time. Yeah. Every time I have to do anything or go anywhere, I want to throw up and just say no. How many times did I have to ask you to come over to Baron Space Studios to do a conversation with Albie? Million times. You finally said yes, though. Eventually, I, I give up. I'm, I've already started <laughs> asking you to be on. Uh, what's my next TV show called? It's scrambledeggs.com. <laughs> oh, albieinthekitchen.com. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to show me how to make perfect deviled egg. Perfect deviled eggs. Yes. Do you remember when, I think this was Palooza 1, you came to watch me referee for pro wrestling, and I drafted you into the business as a timekeeper? Yes, uh, you did. Without any choice. No. I didn't have a choice. Because you were still my assistant. And on the spot. At the moment, you have to do this. Oh, my God. No. What were you thinking that whole time? Uh, the whole first thing I'm thinking is, where's the bathroom? <laughs> Excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom and you just never come back. Yeah, that's your trick. That's why I don't let you go to the bathroom ever. That's my trick. If I don't want to be someplace, I just go to the bathroom and don't come back. An hour later, whatever happened to John? Hmm? He said he wants to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe someone should check on him. <laughs> He's gone. But see, you only use the bathroom at your house. Yeah. So you have um, to walk all the way home wherever you are. That's true. But you stayed and you were the timekeeper that night. Yep. And have been ever since. Yep. Ever since you've been the SFWA timekeeper. I am the keeper of the time. And you're very good at it. Sometimes I have to pull broken bodies out of the ring. Yes. Sometimes I have to set up the ring, take down the ring, wash the ring. The worst part is probably touching the ring, <laughs> smelling the ring. Oh, it's got like guy sweat on it for years. Oh, it's just left outside in the grass and the rain. Ants on it's it. It's got mold and ants and sand and palmetto bugs and <laughs> blood and sweat. and it's Barbed wire. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's a good time, big, right? Big chunks of it just all over the place. <laughs> what was your most exciting time you had being a timekeeper in pro wrestling? Oh, the best time ever is probably getting there 12 hours before the match. <laughs> Setting the ring up. Hmm. <laughs> okay, we got 11 more hours to go. Yeah. Uh, I never understood why the ring has to be up so early. No. That was, you know, I, I got to walk around, see everything. I got to pick every place I was going to buy something when they finally opened that day. It wasn't too bad. Me and Gary would see the seals as they're stretching, getting ready for tonight's performance. <laughs> Walk around, watch him cooking the hot dogs, getting them ready. Um, wondering what was going to be behind a big closed door. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 amazing. I don't know. It's it's amazing the amount of time you spend there for an hour match. Okay, the match is in an hour. Right. I'm there about ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> the match is about eight nine o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. We leave about twelve ish. Yeah. Home about two in the morning. <laughs> That's about 16 hours. Yeah, for one hour. For one match. Yeah. Or one, one show, one yeah. hour. Yeah. It's like eight hours before, eight hours before. And it's just only a slight, slight exaggeration. Very little. Yeah. I know we were there about 12, 14 hours. Yeah. At least 12 hours. At least. For an hour match. Uh, shows that you didn't come to to set up the ring, like Miami. Mm. I went to like South Beach, Miami. Uh, same deal. It was like 18 hours for a one-hour show. 
But then when you get home, you go, well, that was kind of cool. That yeah, was worth it. It's fun. But it's a really long day. Tiring, long. I think as time goes on, you remember the good parts and forget about the other 11 hours. And the first day, you start you start dirty because you set up the ring. You're all hot and sweaty. You know, I bring a change of shirt, of course. But you can't shower, and you got to use those portalettes all day, and those are disgusting. But you keep your uh, sanitizer on your belt. I do keep sanitizer on my belt. You're a very clean person. That's one of the things I like about you. Yeah, me too. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Who showers more, me or you? Uh, I don't know. I'm like three a day at least. Yeah. And if I go outside, it's more. Three's the ideal, yeah. Yeah. If I go, Frankie and I say, I'm running up to the store, I'll be back in a minute. Go to the store, come back. I'll be like, okay, Frank, let me just jump in the shower real quick. Did you just take a shower an hour ago? Yeah, but I ran up to the store. Now that I'm in public, I got public all over me, you know. Yeah, and it's... And it's unsettling. It's probably an OCD thing, but... Well, that is... But this is a good thing. Florida, it's sweaty. You go outside, you're sweaty. Yeah. You look outside and you start sweating. Coldest it gets around here in the winter is, what, 90-something? Oh, no. This year, I think it got down to 89. 89? Yeah. It was freezing this year. I know I saw a lot of, like, women with, like, sweaters on. Oh, yeah. yeah. The sweaters were out. All the girls were in sweaters. Sweaters uh, and flip-flops. Once it hits below 90, it's mm-hmm. sweaters. Yeah. Yep. Sweater weather. Yeah. Sweaters, short shorts, and flip-flops. Yeah, because that's all they Only own. the top half gets cold. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it, but whatever. I don't know either. Record heat waves right now. Yeah. All going up through Missouri. It's hitting my mother, my sister. 100 plus every day. Sent me a photo on my phone of her thermometer in her, in her van. 104. Wow. Now they're in, in New Hampshire, enjoying 70s in a day and low 60s, high 50s at night. That's nice. That's air-conditioned weather. Yeah. Naturally. At least the rest of the country got to experience what we go through all the time. All the time. Yeah, they get it for two, three weeks, and everyone's dying. Everyone's in the hospital. Everyone's electricity's blowing up. People are freaking out. I try to explain to people, living in Florida is like living on a colony on the moon. Mm-hmm. You go from one dome to another dome as quickly as yeah. possible without trying to breathe. And the longer you're exposed to the elements outside, the, the dangerous it is, you get burned. Yes. some I've seen people catch on fire. Yeah, spontaneously combust. Speaking of spontaneous combustion, you got to tell, tell me about that time. <laughs> Just start from the beginning. I think you know what I'm talking about. All the way from the beginning. My perspective, I walk in your house, there's smoke three right. feet from the ceiling. So it was Monday morning. First thing I did was I went and looked for a job. First place? No, not that far in the beginning. No, no, no. <laughs> you can you can fast forward a little bit. All right. <clears throat> I come to work one day, and I'm wearing this shirt with gigantic torn ripped all the way across the back. And Albie's laughing at me. What happened? I said, well, my my shirt caught on fire. Just poof, it spontaneously (laughs) combust. It just caught on fire. I wore it to work because, you know, I'm silly like that. And, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm showing off the shirt. I'm trying to explain the story, how it happened. I'm home previous day doing laundry. Now, when you get these T-shirts and aprons you're working with, after a long period of time, it gets a buildup of grease in them. <laughs> you know, when you wash your clothes, you dry them. And I had them on a chair and getting ready to fold them. And I went in the other room. I was watching TV. And all of a sudden, I smell smoke. I get up. I look in the other room. The pile of shirts on the kitchen chair are smoking. Picked it up. Almost burned my hand. Realizing these shirts are on fire. 
I threw them in the bathtub. The whole house was smoking. For a minute, I couldn't figure out how did they just catch on fire. The sun had been setting and shining and the, through the window, and the rays were hitting the clothes. You know, like you would with a magnifying glass. Caught my clothes right on fire. So I warmed the work next day. I didn't have any other clothes. Brought the other ones in. Had them in work in a bag. <laughs> Oddly enough, that day... One of the district managers, one of the big, big managers, comes in. You know, they just stroll around, look at us like we're insects and, you know, they don't really talk to us. Mm. And They walk around and he just kind of looked at me, walked next to me, <laughs> stood in front of me, grabbed my personal bag off the shelf where I keep my stuff, opens it. And I'm thinking, what is this guy doing in my stuff? <laughs> Obviously, he must have just heard the burnt shirt story. <laughs> hadn't heard a thing he just grabbed my bag and just wanted to look in it so i tell him the story of the shirt and why my clothes were all burnt and caught on fire and if i wasn't there it could have burned my whole apartment down this could have been a bad situation (laughs) he looked at me and said oh turn around and walked away (laughs) what does he care as long as you show up to work i don't care what burns down but it was perkins clothes this is your company your clothes almost set my house on fire. Yeah, the shirts. It's horrible. They just, after a while, they become more grease than cotton. No yeah. matter how you wash them, no matter what chemicals you use, the hottest water, bo- bo- pot of boiling water, you know, it yeah, just it becomes grease. polyester cotton grease. fryer oil. Yeah, <laughs> mostly fryer oil. 80% fryer oil, 20% <laughs> cotton rayon. Yep. Yeah. It's it's horrible. So, you know, needless to say, you got to get new shirts all the time. So we started buying our own shirts. Yeah, and when you first buy them, they're light and they're soft. After about two months, they weigh about 15 pounds <laughs> apiece. <laughs> and if you sit them by a window, they might combust. If you set them by a window with the sun coming in, they will catch on fire. <sighs> Any Perkins cooks, listen, don't try this at home. No. Uh, you mentioned our buddy Larson. There we were, the four horsemen. Me, Albert, <laughs> Frank, Larson, and myself. Yes. We were the four horsemen. Larson, unfortunately, and I feel pretty safe to speak openly about him, even though I will never have anything bad to say about him, but he will never even touch a computer, not let alone hear this conversation, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But the man went down a bad road. He was a great friend. And one of the smartest guys I ever met in my life. World traveler. Dated one of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals cheerleaders. Been to Sweden. He was a model. Was a model. Television and magazine. Mm -hmm. Modeled clothes. He was a drummer in a band. Had a beer with, uh, what's his nuts from Cheap Trick. (laughs) In Hawaii at a bar. Wow. True story. Had a Larson, very smart man. There's a picture of him the last time I saw with him and John Goodman getting a case of beer out of the back of his car <laughs> and he was from uh roseanne bar show yeah yeah, yeah john, john goodman. goodman yeah he's really yeah. cool okay larson's a great guy but and i like to drink i like to have a few drinks but i tend not to drink when i wake up before <laughs> lunch during lunch after lunch or before dinner daily basis which is you know what some people do i guess and his drinking just overwhelmed him and then it got worse but then he met somebody, and he was had a lady friend for about a year. He was doing better than anyone saw him at the time, and I ended up moving in with him for a short period of time and his lady friend. Well, if you, you ever met her, she wasn't a lady. 
or a friend. <laughs> None of the above. Um, which kind of reminded me of Fred Flintstone in drag. I don't know. It was not not good. I hate to be mean to somebody, so I'm, I won't. Um, and then, of course, you know, things didn't work out for Larson and his lady friend. So they split up. He got a place of his own, and, you know, he went back downhill again. And recently, he just moved back to St. Louis, Missouri, to live with his mother and father, which he should have done years ago, because his parents are getting old, and they live alone, they could use the help, and so can he. I wish him nothing but the best of luck. And I remember, the thing I remember about Larson the most is taking him, every year, we March, we take him to a baseball game on his birthday. Yes. The, the whole gang would go. If I had anyone from Perkins, um, you know, the whole group of us went. First year was great. He made it about seven innings, I think. A uh, year after, he might have made it to about five innings. I think the last time, he was out in the first inning. Yeah, just got the beer, was happy. Oh, yeah. That oh, was yeah. it. He's, I'm going to baseball. It's my birthday. He started drinking 8 o'clock in the morning. Time 12, 1 o'clock game come, psh, he's done. You know, it's a shame. I know we had fun, and we can always tell him he had fun. <laughs> the one time when he passed out drunk, we started autographing his book with all the baseball players' names in it. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. his program, yeah. Yeah, his program. Oh, look look at this name. Okay, write that name in. And they we, had to list all the baseball we players' We told him names. later how we met them all, and he got his all the autographs, and he's like, we did? Oh, he was so happy. Yeah. I can't believe you guys did that for me. You guys are the greatest. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> We're awesome like that. And one night we went, we went with our friend Carlos. Yes. Funny hat night. <laughs> so he was he was the only one that thought it was actually funny hat night. Yeah, because I told everybody, wacky hat night. Yeah. Everybody wear a wacky hat. Everyone assumed that it was the theme of the uh, the Miracles Baseball. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was just the four or just, five of us yeah. wearing wacky hats. And we all had wacky hats. But we got on the news that night. <laughs> and here comes Carlos with a big old sombrero. Yeah, with like ribbons on it and everything. <laughs> My wife made this for me. Yeah, wacky hat night. <laughs> He might have thought it was required to be in the U.S. You had to have a wacky hat that night. Yeah, that's funny. I had my brown coat hat, my Jane hat. Mm-hmm. What kind of hat did you have? I don't even remember. Oh, you might might have been like a kitty cat. Uh, oh, the stocking cap my sister gave me for Christmas one year. It's I put it on, and it's the big head of a cat on yeah. my head. <laughs> yeah. With the ears and the whiskers and everything. It was weird. I was the cat with the hat. <laughs> Um, I actually have the digital video uh, cassette of the news broadcast, but I don't have a player that would play it. Oh, boy, that's too bad. Yeah, so maybe I'll YouTube it somewhere. It's not the first time we've been in a newspaper. No, yeah. Tell us about that. Um, Apparently, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was moving networks from WB to UPN, I believe. Yes. And uh, Dairy Queen was throwing on a (laughs) contest. Every time you ate a banana split... You throw in, you fill out your name and number, you throw it in a box, and you do this at all your local Dairy Queens. We went to every single local Dairy Queen. Had a banana split. Well, we did win the tickets to the premiere of the show at UPN, and they had a Buffy theme that night. That was quite exciting. We went with, uh, it was Albert, myself, and his friend Chris Kahn, like the Wrath of Kahn. Christy! And they had, you know, the premiere that night and some Buffy trivia and Buffy 
I don't know. This, that, and the other. Yeah, everything Buffy. Buffy, Buffy. It was at a movie theater, I think, right? It was at the Beach Theater, which I believe is not there no more. And it was also a place where you can sit down and have beers and watch a full-screen movie. Yeah, and dinner, appetizers. Yeah, they had pizza. But it was a fun night. And I remember the main trivia question was, the reward was a life-size cardboard stand-up of Sarah Michelle Gellar. And in a room full of people, before this guy can even finish asking the question, Albie flies out of his seat, raising his hand, screaming, Hanson! Well, the answer was Hanson, the <laughs> band. <laughs> uh, so he won the life-size stand-up, which he has to this day. Yeah, I think he was like, would you like me to finish the question <laughs> after I said the answer? Yeah, he, he was like, actually ran up front to collect his prize. Yep. Only time I've seen him run. Well, it was Sarah Michelle Geller, so I had a date for that night. I was happy. Yep. Abby always gets the girl. I try. <laughs> That's the whole point, right? But I always get the bear. There you go. That was a fun night. Yeah, we made the paper. You, me, and Chris, oh, yeah. and Buffy. Yep. We were all in the uh, newspaper. I remember I showed my mom the newspaper articles, and uh, she was like, you're with Sarah Michelle Geller." I'm like... Life-size cardboard stand-up. <laughs> yeah. In there. Oh, did it stop? Through the newspaper, it looked like... Yeah. She was actually in a picture. Yeah, place. unless she had seen that picture before. I still have the newspaper, and when I show people, like, wow, you're with Buffy. I am so huge And you in don't that have paper. to say nothing. You just say you were at the premiere, yeah. you won these tickets, yeah. there's the picture. People make the assumption themselves. Yeah, and in the article, it said, um, local man had to eat 47 banana splits to win oh, tickets. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ate 47 <laughs> banana splits, or thereabouts. Over the course of a the month. Two month or two months or whatever it was. But the reporter, of course, got it wrong and thought I had to eat them all at once to win the tickets. Oh, my God. You ate 40-something banana splits. But looking back at that picture, I can totally understand why she thought I ate that many. Because yeah. I was like 350 then, I think. What UPN premiere? <laughs> I didn't see nothing. Which is a funny picture. When I took that s- slight brief vacation from Perkins and moved to Tennessee, of course, Albie got... Luxury first class trip to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Courtesy of Frank Reicher. Paid in full. Yes. Paid in full. He's a good man. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Very good friend. He just wanted somebody to hang out with him. He's like, you want to come to Vegas? I was like, okay. I was like, why not, right? So he brings me this picture, and he, he got to do the Borg experience, which is no longer there. So he saw something that can no longer be saw no more. And uh, he had... Onion rings of Orion? No. What were those? The holy onion rings of Beta Z. Oh, that's right. Yeah. For some reason, I remember these onion rings. There was a big tower of them. them like them toys when you get when you're a kid. You put the bigger loop on top of the other one. Yeah. Um, shows me this picture. He's on uh, Enterprise. And this is a picture of him when he was probably at the largest that I've known him. And I couldn't see no Enterprise or the bridge yeah. that she was standing on. I was like, look at a picture of me. Hey. On the Enterprise, on the bridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> and I said, what bridge? <laughs> <laughs> it was just him with a piece of a chair sticking out from the back of each side. <laughs> of course, I was just kidding. You really could tell he was on the bridge. At least I think, because there was a lot of lights. But I was huge. Huge. I remember I, it was one of the first times I realized I was huge, because I went to go put, because they have like next-gen costumes which would be in the captain's ready room if they had the get ready room, but instead it was a changing room. And you put the next-gen costume on, and then you get your picture taken. It was like 50 bucks for that and $50 for the board cube or whatever. And none of them would fit me. And I was like, come on, dude. 
Star Trek fans were either morbidly obese or sickeningly thin. You know, one or the other, right? Nerds, geeks. And uh, he's like, sorry. So I had already bought an original series shirt. So and that came in double X, I think it was in at the time. Mm-hmm. So I wore that. But yeah, I was big. And and then, then I showed you the picture. And then he shows me a picture of himself in front of the fountains of Caesar's Palace. I said, What fountains? <laughs> <laughs> All you could see was him, some water splashing behind him, I think, and then the uh, the palace. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh like I gotta re meet Brent Spiner. Yeah. Data from Next Gen. I just saw him yesterday. Oh, was he on something? Uh, Independence Day. Oh, I watched that too. I watched the Blu-ray. <laughs> well, he looked good with long hair. Yeah, he looked crazy, crazy right? Stuff, yeah. Um, I got to meet him again because what Brent Spiner? What Brent Spiner? <laughs> There's a half of a Brent and then and all of me. One and a half of a Albie. But since then, I got real sick and lost a lot of weight, so that's good. Mm. Not good being sick, but good losing weight. Good losing weight. Now I'm actually bigger than Albie. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You know. Mm, I know. <laughs> we both fluctuate up and down, uh, which is cool because, like, when you're heavier, you get my fat T-shirts, and when I'm heavier, I get your fat T-shirts. Yep, now you got all my extra large, I got all your double X's. And eventually we'll switch back. Yeah, I hope so one day. Yeah. I still got my medium <laughs> concert shirts from the 80s. Medium. I don't think I'll ever... I actually have an Iron Maiden shirt in medium. Does any? Can anybody fit in a medium? Only one person I ever knew in my life. My sister Catherine's husband. Really? A medium was a little big on him. <laughs> oh my goodness. I couldn't imagine. I think I was a medium when I was eight or nine years old. I was actually a medium wow. at one time. Or did you think you were a medium? I think I thought I was a medium, but it was probably a large. <laughs> probably. So You always see those guys nowadays, like they think they're still an extra large or whatever, but you can see their belly button and their whole gut underneath it sticking out. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. At least I don't tuck in my shirts anymore. No. When I met you, you tucked in your shirts, mm-hmm. you cuffed your pants. That's right. Did you have a mullet? I'm not sure. No, but my hair was long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I looked bad. I looked like an episode of My Name is Earl. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And I don't think I was like, I'm not going to hang out with you when you look like this. I was just like, you know, this might look better this way. And Heather just recently taught me to keep my pants over the tongue of my shoe, not behind them. Yeah. You learn little things at a time. I gained three inches. Now I am seven foot nine. <laughs> I mean, four foot nine. <laughs> four foot nine. Yeah. Now, what what are you, like five ten, probably? Five six. Five six, really? On a good day, yeah. Oh, wow. I say I'm five eleven and a half, but I'm probably more like five eight, five nine. I'm the exact same height as Rey Mysterio, five foot six. Wow. And he looks small on TV. And I can't believe how small of a wrestler he is. He's just this little guy. And then I realize he's my size. Wow, I'm a little guy. Yeah. Them are big wrestlers. Them are big wrestlers. That's right. That's one thing when you get around them, you realize how big they are. Huge. Were you there that night that uh, Isis Rio was there, the seven-foot lady wrestler? No, I was not there that night. Oh, you weren't? She was ridiculously tall. There's a picture of her with Heather on my wrestling playing card collection Ah. that LB had printed up. Trading cards. Oh, yeah, the SFWA trading cards. cards. (laughs) Yeah. I am on a SFWA trading card. I am the yeah. timekeeper. Timekeeper, John Weir. Johnny G. Weir Jr. Timekeeper. Yeah, I was running out of people to make trading cards of, so you got your own trading card. <laughs> Series 2, Brooke will have her own trading card. Cool. Yep. <laughs> and Assistant then, timekeeper. And, and 
SFWA timekeeper's kitty cat training card. General manager. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. What's stuff. your overall impression of the wrestling industry? Um. Now that you're in it a little bit. I enjoy it. Yeah. Very much so. It's very entertaining. As long as you have characters you enjoy, you have characters you don't enjoy. You follow the storylines. It's a man soap opera, is what it is, mm-hmm. and it's very entertaining. I enjoy watching it. Brooke and I look forward to watching Monday Night Raw every Monday, Friday Night SmackDown every Friday. Of course, her more than me, but both of us equal enjoy watching Jeff Hardy on TNA. Because Brooke actually got to meet Jeff Hardy in person. Got her picture with him and everything. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Autograph. As soon as Jeff Hardy held Brooke, about 200 people at the same time went, Aww. Aww. It was was a nice moment. Yeah. And maybe I'll... I'll smack one of those pictures up on my blueberry and paste it on all y'all's walls. <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah, you're not great with the technology, are you? Yeah, no, technologies, no. Because technology is made out of electricity. <laughs> and even though I didn't have any when I was a kid, you know, I, I find it difficult to deal with at times as an adult. Um, technology, yeah, forget it. It's not my thing. I remember I finally, uh, I forced you to get a computer. I brought one over to your apartment. Yep, Alvy gave me my first computer. I said, I don't want this thing. What am I going to do with this thing? <laughs> yeah, you're like, no. no. Take it out of the house. <laughs> I'm not even going to no. start. Ain't no way. And uh, what, what did I do? I, I set it up for you, even though you didn't want me to. Yep, you installed it, set it up, did everything you had to do, and all I had to do was just go online. I didn't know what online was. Uh, I didn't touch it for the first couple days, but then when I realized internet was for porn, (laughs) there went my 15-year magazine collection (laughs) in a bonfire. Once you found out you could get free boobies online, then you decided to learn. Maybe that's why I don't have a girlfriend, (laughs) because I meet a different one online every day. Every day. No, not every day. Once in a while. (laughs) Here and there. Here and there. Yeah. And not every day. Yeah, mostly here and there. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It's fun at first, and then it gets old quick. Yeah, you got to keep searching for uh, stranger and stranger things. Oh, and there's strange things out there. Like uh, horses and clown makeup. Yeah. uh, Eating buttercups. Doing the where's my hat and (laughs) the how do you do. Girls in there... Bloomers bouncing on balloons. <laughs> Dot com, I'm sure. It's big in England. Yeah. They enjoy women in lingerie bouncing on balloons. I saw a woman in lingerie bouncing on big balloons eating fish sticks and custard. Mm-hmm. Oh, that the other sounds day. familiar. Yeah. I've seen a website of girls sitting on birthday cakes. <laughs> it was also an English thing because they were, you know, they have their whatever their. I think that's called sloshing. Yeah, there's a name for yeah. it. People enjoy that. Yeah, it's just, uh, women sitting on birthday cakes. Do the men eat the birthday cakes afterwards, or? Not that I know of. They just sit on them. Yeah. Huh. It's, I, you know, it's, <laughs> it ain't hurting nobody. Nope. Um, oh, that brought back a memory of uh, when you and your roommate were finally moving out of the Bumblebee apartment because of all the bumblebees, mm-hmm. which you talk about the bumblebees, but uh, when uh, we were making calls... To run up his phone bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Leaving this house, constant humming of my walls vibrating to find out that I have bees nesting in my bedroom wall coming from the outer side of the apartment. 
So we had a bee person come in. Said there was three large bees nests in there. Excess of maybe 15,000 bees. Too large for him to remove. So he says, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. I called my <laughs> landlord. They said, you're living there. you got to take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> the bee guy that came, that, that's just too large. He ended up calling the state beekeeper who could not do it and had to get assistance from someone else. And I moved out of there by now. And he told me, so I can't believe you even stayed in that room. If they would have come through that wall into that room, you would have died with the excessive amount of bees. But it was kind of soothing. It was like being hummed asleep. Yeah, your walls literally vibrated. Yeah. It was crazy. But anyway, I left. My roommate left before me. Yeah. Uh, so much to say there. Probably the less said, the better. Great guy. Knew him my whole life. Went to high school with him. Friends would have moved to Orlando with him. Very difficult person to get along with because you had to give 100% effort. He gave minus 100% directly on purpose. I don't know what that means. You can edit that out. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, that that uh, that makes sense because minus 100% plus 100% equals nothing, right? Nothing, yeah. I just, he was, I'd say he was the world's biggest asshole. <laughs> but I liked the guy. He was one of my best friends but he was an asshole anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry john i mean uh, uh, yeah so he, he he left didn't pay his rent his you know all the last month's bills of course now that's on my shoulders of course you know i paid the bills expecting to get his half didn't get his half well little did i know he forgot to shut the phone off now the phone's still in his name huh Oh, I don't know what we did. I think we might have ordered Vegemite from Australia. Yes. Um, We also called Romania. (laughs) And it was not easy getting an operator in Romania. (laughs) You have to transfer one operator to another. (laughs) This is Romanian operator. (laughs) It was, yeah, so we got this Romanian operator. We're looking for a man named Vlad Tempest. This man does not sound Romanian. But perhaps I will try for you anyway. I am not finding no name. Come on. This is where Vlad Tempest, this is where Dracula's from. (laughs) Anyway, we didn't argue with the lady. We just could not find Vlad Tempest's number. So we decided to call China. (laughs) Connect to a Chinese operator is $10. Okay. (laughs) No problem. Connect. Who are we looking for? Bruce Lee? (laughs) Bruce Lee, I think we were looking for. Yeah. Uh, and she said, this is not a Chinese name. I remember. We were looking for, it was a female's name. Oh. And the last name was Lee. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't remember the name. And to find out that there is no women listed in the phone book in China. It's all listed under the man's name. Do you know the, the man or the father's name? Uh, we got lost. We couldn't think of the person we didn't know to begin with father's name anyway. But it sure was fun. And what a phone bill. Remember him telling me what a bitch of a time he had trying to straighten that phone bill out? <laughs> well, I, be- I believe he had to pay for half, and they comped the other half. You had uh, Nikki call Miss Cleo, the Ooh, that's online right. psychic. Our girl cook at work. Stinky Bridges. Yep, we called. Call me now, Cleo. I will tell you your future. Five dollars a minute. Okay. Oh, we're going to take at least an hour and a half. <laughs> and we did. Nikki yeah. talked to her like... They became best friends. Cleo told everything about Nikki. She mm-hmm. believed everything she said. <laughs> Abby was done in about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yep, uh-huh, yeah. 
I didn't talk to her much. I just said hello. Nikki took most of the time, and it was over an hour, so... It was amazing how much the psychic knew about me, <laughs> but later on in life, I kind of realized, well, Nikki had talked to her for about an hour, <laughs> so probably told her all about me. She was asking questions yeah. about you yeah. while she was telling stories about us. Probably. They, they, yeah, they're smart, how they, they know what to ask and little secrets. Mm-hmm. Did he ever mention it to you? Oh, yeah, no, he he mentioned what a bitch of a time he had with that <laughs> phone bill. <laughs> And uh, I believe they comped a few things, but he had to pay for most of it, I believe. But he still made out because you had to pay the rent and the electric. I think he and had the, to pay everything. for Clio. And over an hour at $5 a minute, 60 120 240 It was over $300. Yeah, so that's quite a phone <laughs> bill. That's one way to get your half of the rent yeah. money, right? But I think China and Romania and Australia was on AT&T. <laughs> Thank you, AT&T. Or Sprint. Whoever it was, but I remember the lines being very clear. Sure, I could hear everything just fine. Yeah. Hold on, I will connect you to Romanian operator. <laughs> and they all spoke English. I know. Weirdest thing. Yeah, she didn't speak. How can I, how, how can I help you? How can I direct your call? And yeah. Like if in somebody in China called us, would we be expected to speak Mandarin Chinese to them? I guess not. I don't know. I think foreign operators have buttons. I'm connecting you to an American line. Or I'm connecting you to a Romanian line. So we might have. Somehow maybe there's technology where they know. Somebody here calls coming in from the U.S. Makes sense. I will not speak to them in Romanian unless they speak to me first. Maybe this is a job you can get <laughs> work for the phone company as a Romanian-speaking American operator. Wow, that would be awesome. How would they know you don't Hello, speak Romanian? this is Helga. <laughs> Junior, how can I help you? <laughs> I am very much sorry, sir. Quit making me very much frustration. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I would say one of the better things about going to the fair every year in the wrestling was my friend Gary. It's the only time we get to hang out really because, you know, I, he's working, he's busy, he's got girls and, you know, he goes and works out. And, you know, like a lot of people, we have our own different things going on. So it's the once time of year I get to hang out with him. He's a cool guy. You know, he's very entertaining very caring of people and he's a good wrestler i enjoy working with him um but there would might have been a time at perkins where he may have not enjoyed working with me <laughs> and to this day he don't know this i think i know what you're talking about <laughs> and uh eventually you know gary's gonna be on this podcast i'll listen to gary and if i'm on the podcast gary might listen to mine and if you do <laughs> i'm very sorry <laughs> there was a time at perkins well, the biggest thing was everything had to be in a shaker, a squirt bottle, everything. The mayonnaise, the ketchup, the mustard, the blue cheese, the sour cream. The lettuce. Seasoning for this, a seasoning for that. We had to put hamburgers in a squeeze bottle, pancakes in a squeeze bottle. Everything was in a squeeze bottle. There was bottles everywhere, and above the grill, was there was a seasoning for everything. And everything has a lid. <laughs> well, on this particular day... All the lids were loosened. <laughs> so where every shake, every squeeze of anything that went on any anything, which everything went on everything, <laughs> came off. Shake the salt and pepper. Boom! Salt and pepper all over the grill. Squeeze the sour cream. Boom! Lid come off. Sour cream all over everything. Blue cheese. Boom! Squeeze everywhere. Time after time. The sour cream? A minute later. <laughs> the blue cheese? A minute later. Come on, this can't be for real. <laughs> the salt and pepper, too? Everything, one after another for an hour straight. Well, 
I hadn't known it, and you knew it. <laughs> oh yeah, we but knew it. We had to keep an absolute straight face while this was happening. Otherwise, he knew we would would done it. And we would have been. We would have got the thunder drop. Yeah, Gary, what are you doing over there? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And every time it would happen, it would get funnier, and we'd look yep. at each other, and we'd be dying inside laughing. After like the tenth thing. The ranch dressing, too? <laughs> and he never caught on that every single thing was loosened. He just uh, kept doing it over and over again. Over and over and again. He got so furious. He had great fury and anger that the vengeance would have been struck down upon me. <laughs> <laughs> and it still might. So, uh, sorry, Gary. <laughs> I owe you one. I think my favorite was when he said, even the sour cream, too? (laughs) Yeah, even the sour cream, that's everything. (laughs) Then there was the time at the fair. Gary sat down by himself at a picnic table, (laughs) put a beer on one side, his hot dog on the other side. We come up behind him, took his beer as he was facing the other direction to bite his hot dog, turned back to the direction to grab his beer, and he just kind of tilted his head and, like, in mid grab i thought i had a beer and he just shrugged his shoulders oh well like wh- what did it do just disappear <laughs> get up and walk away <laughs> meanwhile i'm standing behind him with the beer waiting to laugh and he just thought that he thought he had a beer i guess so that was funny yeah but it's just but, you know he, he says the chair shots to the head and i'm sure that's got a lot to do with it oh he's there probably could <laughs> good times with gary he's a great guy um, okay, so, uh, I think we're to the point in the timeline where you, uh, left Fergus, you left the restaurant, you moved to Tennessee. Yes. And then you weren't liking it there, there was nothing there. I didn't really fit in in Tennessee. Right. It wasn't my scene. So, of course, all your friends here were like, come back to us. Sure. You know, we miss you, we yeah. love you, we want you back. You, you need to be in our daily lives again. And, uh, you had pretty much gotten rid of everything you owned. Mm-hmm. And what you didn't get rid of, you brought up there on a U-Haul or something? That's right, with the rest of my parents' stuff, because they moved their furniture there, same time. They rented a truck. I, I got rid of almost everything I owned, brought the rest with me up north, thinking that this would be the time in my life where I would finally bond with my father. He's going to have a woodworking shop. He made furniture. He was great with wood, and I was going to learn with him. And he got up there. He got an old cabin. Needed a lot of work fixing up. Wasn't very good at fixing up things. So he had my niece help him, my brother-in-law help him, my sister help him. When it was my turn to help, it was always, already done. No, thank you. And I don't know if he did it on purpose, but, you know, I wasn't much helpful when it came to tools and repairing. Um, So instead of me moving in with him was the original plan. I ended up moving in with my sister, who is in the same town. And my niece ended up moving in with my mother and father. The original plan was she was going to move in with my sister and Dennis. And I was going to move in with my mom and my dad. My dad would open a woodworking shop. He would teach me the skills. And, you know, it's my father's uh, third heart attack he was on. So this is a time in life to, you know. Well, you know, I don't know what happened, but we just didn't click or we didn't bond. And things just didn't work out. I didn't really fit in. You know, it was nobody's fault. But, uh. So I came back to Florida, where I ended up staying, Weir, W-E-I-R, I ended up staying uh, with a former roommate of Albie's, Stephen Norder, who at this time in my life has been a really good friend to me. Yeah, Steve's awesome. He was very hospitable, gave me a place to stay, considerate towards my feelings, um, easy to live with. Um, He was a really nice guy. He's very smart, 
BlackBerry computer, you know. He was uh, definitely on a different level than I was. You know, I'm somewhere down on a lower level watching Sesame Street, you know, while he's high-tech, you know. Hard to understand what he says sometimes. <laughs> I understand you know? everything he says, which is awesome. But that's why we get along so good, me and him, because we're very computer. Yeah. He told me the, about a week ago that besides me, you were his favorite roommate. Really? But I think you have to say besides you, no matter yeah. who you're talking to. He enjoyed me as a roommate because he said, for the most part, I was the first roommate to always pay my bills. Yeah. Other than Albie. I actually paid him. Um, and I cleaned up the house. So every time he'd come home, the whole house was clean. It was like having a maid and someone that pays their bills. Pretty awesome. Which I thought was a normal for a roommate. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes me... Normal roommates don't clean up the whole house, I don't think. No. But yeah, he, he likes you a lot. Well, I hope to have him on the show one day. Yeah. One day we ought to have a show where Gary, me, Steve, get a bunch of us yelling and arguing back and forth. Nine computers, nine microphones. Yeah, a yeah, dozen headsets. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so when you moved back, you pretty much had nothing because you just bought, had a plane ticket back, right? Yeah, I had a plane ticket, came back with two suitcases, and, of course, my companion, Brooklyn Bear. And uh, Frankie, again, he uh, he's great for these things. He like, stepped up. He steps up and says, you know what, I'm, I'm doing all right right now and you need some help. So what did he do? Took me to Walmart and said, I have $500 to spend. Get anything I need. You're going to need pillows, blankets, uh, bed spreads. You're going to need kitty litter, cat box. You're going to need food. I mean, he set me up with everything and anything I needed. He he got me the the full Spider-Man bed set, the pillowcases, the small pillows, the bedspreads, the whole everything. It was a childhood dream. Yeah, Spider-Man bed set. Because I did as much as I could. Because I'd went over there to Steve's house. I'd arranged this whole thing. You had. I don't know if you even met Steve at that point. At this point, I had never even met Steve. So as unsettled as I am at all times about everything. I'm traveling back to a state from which I just currently lived, from a state that I just currently lived, moving back down here in a house I've never seen with a person I've never met was very, very unsettling. I had to have Al be there almost from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. You're kind of like a kitty cat. Yeah. Al, if we're not working together, you have to come over. After work, you know, (laughs) okay, we'll go to your house, you take a shower, then you come over. Okay, I'm going to bed. Good night, (laughs) Al. You know, I just, it, it was very, very, very unsettling. But Steve made it very easy. Yeah, he's a great guy to get along with. Yeah. Uh, any good stories, any good times you had while, while you were living with Steve? Well, when I first moved in, his best friend, well, one of his best friends at the time was uh, Donnie. And he was there quite a bit. And they played video games, which is something I can't even spell, <laughs> let alone play. <laughs> so I would remember spending hours on end watching Donnie, watching Steve play video games <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. I've watched a lot of video games, which was cool because I like watching them, just don't like playing them. Uh, we didn't have cable or any television, so it was, you like Family Guy? Okay, here's 8,000 episodes of Family Guy. <laughs> After about two or three days, you're like, uh, what else we got? I remember the first movie I got was... Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe you remember the name of it. It was where the guy comes in and tells the cops he 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 has to announce there's a murder. Whose murder? Mine. Oh, um, yes, I know this one. The original or the new? The one? original. The original. Black DOA. DOA. Dead yeah. on arrival. First movie I got on DVD was from uh, my dad. I Big think. Al. Yep. Al Senior. Mm-hmm. 
felt bad. He said, here, give him this DVD. I really like this movie. I must have watched that movie 25 times. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I remember I watched it time after time after time. And then uh, Albie gave me Back to the Future trilogy. Mm-hmm. Must have watched Back to the Future 20 times a day for a whole month. October is inventory month. October is inventory month. And they do have a uh, sale on all 1985 models. Probably now a big sale on them. Now, for a 1985 <laughs> model, about 200 bucks. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And you still cannot get plutonium at any local drugstore. That's true. Mm. Hmm. You think we could by now. Why is everything so heavy in the future? I don't know. Perhaps there's a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull. <laughs> <laughs> Great flick. Great freaking flick. Great freaking flick. Yeah. Yeah, Steve's a good roommate. Um, like I said, it was it was hard to adjust to people I didn't know, enjoying things that they enjoy that I've never done, you know, but Albie helped me through that time, and me and Steve ended up becoming good roommates. Then he moved a girl in. Uh, we had a third roommate. Uh, Chelsea was a very nice girl. She was oh. very kind, very considerate, soft-spoken, wasn't loud, wasn't rude, easy to get along with, was hardly there. She's pretty, I remember. One day I come home from work, her room was empty. I had a note on a teddy bear saying that his name was Rory. He's my best guy friend, bear, that I possess to this day. We also had taken him to the last Iron Maiden concert. Rory is a big Iron Maiden fan. He's got a Wrathchild. He is a Wrathchild, yeah. He wears a Iron Maiden Wrathchild t-shirt. Um, and I haven't heard from her since. Then, then, he moves in. Ah... <laughs> uh, this thing called a Deborah. I mean, <clears throat> so we get a, a, after Chelsea, we get another roommate, uh, uh, another third roommate who had three roommates of her own. That's right. The third roommate had three children, which there was a woman and three children in one room. <laughs> so it was like getting 12 new roommates because <laughs> children are very loud, obnoxious, and all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, ain't that right, little fucker? I mean, Tucker. <laughs> That was his nickname. That was his name. Well, his name was Tucker, and he was little, so he was little fucker. Yep. Uh, and he, he responded to it. And she had a small daughter named Zoe, which is the name of my roommate's cat. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's two Zoes. Uh, but she was, uh, she was a nice girl. Um, can't really say anything else about her because I don't want to. Um, yeah. <laughs> any, other, any other chicks there while you were living there with him? Oh, any other girls there? Oh, there was. Yeah, there was. He had this girl there that was a a, a nudie dancer, exotic dancer. And, yeah, she sure was. (laughs) Um, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What what can I say about that as well? Was there any fringe benefits of her living there? Um... There was put on any free shows for you or anything? Oh yeah, there weren't too, there weren't any fringe benefits, but I did get to see a live sex act. <laughs> oh, that's always good. Yeah, at first I thought, wow, is this television really clear? <laughs> high def has come a long way. <laughs> but this was before high def. I don't know if it was before high def, just before you might have had high def. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of visual benefits. Huh. Yeah, it was live, 3D. <laughs> so you've lived a lot of places. Where'd you live after that? After Steve, because I remember the same month I left moving Steve, I've got Albie's fish tank. I inherited his fish tank. 
Yes, that's true. Albie cannot even take care of fish. This is true. Like, I have a plan that every pet that I get, you eventually get, because I'm incapable of taking care of them properly. Yes. I'm looking most forward to his pet wife. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And I got the fish tank, and I remember having it, and where I lived with uh, John Larson and and the Shelby. <laughs> so that's where I moved. I moved in with uh, John Larson and, and Shelly. And that probably lasted for about six months. I remember it was always warm there. Always warm. I'm always uncomfortable the when The rule warm. was, I pay for the electric bill, I put the air on any temperature I want. That was your negotiation thing you negotiated? That was the deal. In. No problem. She said she's from Pennsylvania. Make it as cold as you want in here. As long as it's not below 80 degrees. Until <laughs> <laughs> I lived there, literally 80 degrees. That's horrible. Yep. And after she would leave, John Larson would go, man, is it freezing in here? <laughs> Turn the air up even more. Well, he had no meat on his bones. Thin in bones. Yeah, he was thin in bones. Right, thin in bones. Um, me, I compromised. I tried to keep it. I said, let's try 76. Which, which still, is not a lot to ask for. Still, for me, is uncomfortable. Which is still a little uncomfortable. Mm. Nope, didn't work. What a horrible situation. All Larson did was drink. All she did was bitch. All I did was sweat. All she did was bitch. All I did was sweat. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. Then I ended up getting my own efficiency. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I was there for about two or three months. I remember uh, it was a pretty horrible place, but it was in your price range. It wasn't too horrible. It was the cleanest of the... Love what they had. It was old, run down. And we had to go in and clean and repair stuff. Yeah, I think I, I fixed the things. shower and the toilet. Stuff the shower, like that, the, the drain, sink. the air conditioning, the door, the, the window. Yeah, I fixed all that stuff. And then I got charged for fixing all that stuff. <laughs> because it was all fixed. <laughs> yes, they charged you. Man, did they screw me. Yeah, they lost your security deposit. Oh, lost all my security deposit. Because We noticed everything in here was brand new. Sorry, we cannot give you a deposit back. And I don't think they even looked at it because they, they didn't even. Look if at they it. looked at it, they would have paid you more. Yeah. You just weren't allowed to put in brand new locks and brand new shower heads and brand new window yeah. shades, or mm-hmm. you know. And they charged me for broken blinds, which were broken before me, before the person before me, probably since 1986. And they're still charging people again and again for those broken blinds. Yes, yes. they make an extra thirty dollars for every person that's ever lived there in the last 25 years for broken blinds mm-hmm. that are. Broken to this day. So what company is that? Don't rent from... Uh, Acme? Is it? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> like the Wiley Coyote yeah. Company? Um, I want to say Del Prado Inn. Owns oh, oh yeah. oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, um, which, yeah. which is the, like the crackhead... The Del Prado Inn. The crackhead motel of the town. Right. Like it's the slumlord of Cape Coral. If you want to go somewhere and do crack, you go to the Del Prado if Inn. If you right? want a efficiency with no air conditioning and a vodka bottle to hold the window open... <laughs> That comes equipped with the vodka bottle, empty, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's the place where you rent. Yeah, so. Just don't expect to get your deposit back because you broke it. (laughs) And that was only for a few months while Albert and his, at the time, new girlfriend were looking for a house. And I I like her a lot. Yeah, you did like her a lot. (laughs) I heard you might have taken her out two or three times. Yeah. Whatever happened to you guys? Uh, Ended up marrying her. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And she's in the living room right now. Very happily married. I knew she was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> he's going to have a baby. Yay. Serenity Lynn. Serenity Lynn Burge. 
His first of many daughters. Yes. No. One. <laughs> one child. Oh, that's right. One daughter, many sons. No. Oh, one daughter, one son. One child. Right. Unless in the future I do have more children than I planned it. Right. And wanted it that way. If only you could clone baby Albies. Oh, could you imagine? Triplets. Mm-hmm. Three little baby Albies. Three little Albies. It would be like genetics. Uh, yeah. We would take over the world. Yeah. With like Khan, Noonien, Sung did. No. And actually, uh, Heather was a part of our Perkins team for a long time. Yeah. She was a hostess and a baker. A hostess, a baker, and a candlestick maker. Mm-hmm. Which they opened on the side. Right. They always have something new, strange going on. Always. Did you know who else baked at Perkins? Shelly. Well, besides that. Missy, Mr. Mina Elliott. No. no. Be- Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix? Yes. At a Perkins? Yep. She baked muffins at a Perkins. Wow. In the morning until she... Uh, Got a job with WWE. Wow. Mm-hmm. So she went from where we went to pff, yeah. everywhere we haven't been. Traveling the world. <laughs> yep. That's right. I always think that's cool that one of us made it. Yeah. And I think somebody else from Perkins uh, dated uh, some golfer, yeah, Tiger Woods or something. Tiger Woods. That's huh? the two famous people from Perkins ever. Oh, yeah. The rest yeah. of us didn't make it. No. No. I know Jimmy Walker has eaten in a Perkins. Oh, yeah. I cook for J.J. Jimmy yeah. Walker. That's that's dynamite. Dynamite. That's, that's what he right. said. That's dynamite. Yeah, who else? Who else will we cook for? I cook for uh, oh, Dan he, Quayle. Um, I probably can't say this on air because we'll probably go to federal prison. <laughs> but I do believe that he did choke to death the mayor of Cape Coral. Oh, yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> it was just an accident. Somebody was choking on a pork chop bone. Happens yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fine. Nobody was hurt. Or was he? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a matter of public record, but... Well, we'll look into that. Um, ooh, White warrant snake, or slaughter warrant, or warrant? Warrant, maybe? Yeah, warrant. I they were say, Perkins, and you waved to them or something. Yeah, cooked for warrant. This is only a month or minus the uh, lead singer, of course. Right, Janie Lane. Yeah, Janie Lane. Never did get to cook for Janie Lane. Mm, me neither. Yeah, famous people do con- tend to come through. Uh, Nick Lachey or Drew Lachey. One of them came through. I think it was Nick. Nick Lachey from yeah. Ninety Eight Degrees. Yeah. Jessica Simpson's yep. old husband, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's the most famous person you cook for? That I had cooked for? Mm-hmm. Um, I made a pizza for Chris Farley. Oh, yeah. Saturday Night Live. We talked about we that. We talked about that. Um, um, I had shrimp cocktail with the bass player from Van Halen, Michael Anthony. I didn't make it for him. Oh, for anybody famous. I don't think I've cooked anybody famous. I've had things with famous people. Um, if you see Don Dawkin, tell him he still owes me $10 for that beer. <laughs> <laughs> tell me some other bands that you've... Maybe uh, some other bands I've just, seen? Yeah, off the top of your head, list me some bands that you've seen. Just start shooting off some yeah, bands. Just just as fast as you can off the top of your head. All right, off the top of my head. Oh, let's see. I know I've seen Twisted Sister, Y&T, Dawkin, Loverboy, Pretty Poison, Poison, Billy Ocean, Blue Oyster Cult, Bachman Turner Overdrive, Van Halen, White Snake, White Lion, Rat, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue three times, Wasp, Queensryche two times, Suicidal Tendency, Brittany Fox, Mr. Big, uh, seen Hart, Lita Ford, Cinderella, David Lee Roth. Um, I've seen Van Halen twice with Sammy Hagar, seen David Lee Roth solo. Megadeth I've seen three times, saw Henry Rollins when he sang with Black Flag. Motorhead, Alice Chains, Anthrax, Slayer, Judas Priest. 
Also seen Testament two times. Paul Revere and the Raiders at Halloween Horror Nights Universal Studios. Of course, I've seen Ozzy Osbourne. Ace Freely, Solo, Without Kiss. Ingve Momstein, Rough Cut. I've seen Ronnie James Dio three times. Bob Seger, Fear Factory, Ted Nugent twice. Def Leppard, Tesla, ZZ Top, P. Diddy, Khalees. My milkshake is still better than yours. Pussycat Dolls, Kip Winger, Winger, Ario Speedwagon, 38 Special, Cheap Trick, Cars, Mountain, Grand Funk Railroad, and Mark Farner, formerly of Grand Funk Railroad, Eddie Money, ACDC, Living Color, Autograph, Wadger Waters, formerly of Pink Floyd, Beach Boys, Florida, <laughs> currently at WrestleMania 28, Doro Pesh, Warlock, Richie Blackmore, formerly of Rainbow, Bad Company, Joan Jett, more than once, Bullet Boys, Sabotage, almost saw O-Town, but they were robbed. Yeah, O-Town was robbed. O-Town was robbed. Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, Faster Pussycat, Warrant, White Zombie, Pantera, Deep Purple, Dave Matthews, Firehouse, Christina Aguilera, Missy, Mr. Meaner Elliot, Cheryl Crow, Destiny's Child, Jackal, U2, and Slaughter. Plus, the many, many times I've seen Iron Maiden, of course, Britney Spears, Kiss, Metallica. And there's so many bands I've seen that had opening bands, which I don't remember off the top of my head. I've probably seen in excess of 100-something bands. Been to a lot of concerts. Big thing of mine, live shows. When you saw Christina Aguilera, tell me a little bit about that, because I wasn't there for that, because I think this is right before we met, or right after we met, and we weren't like road trip buddies yet. It was right before we met. Okay. Yeah, and I was working, because I remember that, I was my partner at the time was Nikki Moran. I mean, Nikki Moran. Stinky uh, Britches. Stinky Britches, right. Yes. And me and her worked together. We were a team. This was before me and Albie. Another situation where I buy, they fly. It was myself... Nikki Moran, and Jessica Kelch. She's coming back to Perkins, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I used to work with her, which is daughter, uh, younger sister of Connie Kelch, which who I also enjoyed working with. Um, Connie was a sweet person. Um, we all took a road trip to West Palm Beach, and we saw Missy Mr. Mina Elliott with Destiny's Child and Christina Aguilera. Wow. How was that? I'm very jealous. I love Christina Aguilar. It was the first pop concert I had ever gone to. I was never in a pop, dance, you know, teen-type music. And when it hit, it hit big. Yeah. You know, it was it was very entertaining, very exciting, and new. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was a good show. I mean, I was just got into Christina that year, you know, and I, I wasn't a big fan of Destiny's Child. They were just brand new. But I was watching my TRL, Total Request Live, and MTV every afternoon. So I was, you know, hip with all the new bands and the top ten songs. And, you know, we watch Britney videos and Christina Aguilera videos and Destiny Child videos. Uh, was the car trip fun with Yeah, the, the car trip was fun. Um, except for one part where I had to pee real bad and they thought it was funny and wouldn't pull over. <laughs> Eventually they did and I just let loose on the side of the highway. <laughs> Waving cars by. <laughs> they looked on in disgust. I don't know. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, and they were both looking in the mirror view mirror. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and Christina sang Ven Comido, which is Come On Over, which is one of my favorite songs. You know, most people like Genie in a Bottle, and I like to Come On Over, baby. I like Dirty <laughs> when she sings that. Yeah. That's really good. This was before she wrote that song. Yeah, before that song. And then her uh, album, the after that one, was really good. Yeah. It was like old style music. Christina Aguilera's got a great voice. Yeah, beautiful voice. Yeah. So, uh, Khalees, you had mentioned. Khalees. Uh, we yeah. actually met Khalees. Yeah, we actually was at a Britney Spears concert. We were running late. I we remember. were running late. Yep. Oh, we're going to miss the first, the opening act. Who's the opening act? Cal- Clarice. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> Walked right through the crowd, you know, right right past us, brushed right along me and Albie. And I think how it went was she bumped into us, and we yeah. were like, who the hell is that? Think yeah. she can walk through, and I know. everybody's following her, and we are like, oh, that's Well, we crazy. realized the amount of people she had following her, security guards, and, you know, yeah. we realized she was, uh, she must have went right from the stage right to out in the crowd. Yeah, so uh, we didn't see her perform, but she bumped right into us. But we did bump into her. So she got a and nice milkshake. Her milkshake is better than ours. Yes. Yeah, she shook it. <laughs> uh, who else did we see opening for Britney? I think P. Diddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, we did. We saw Sean Puffy Combs opening up for Britney Spears, which is very unusual because you got 15,000 people in an arena. On one side, 11-year-old girls are screaming, go Britney. The other side, 20-year-old girls are screaming, the F word. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was yeah, quite a crowd. I don't see how P. Diddy and Britney, you know, but... It was gangster and little girl. Was that Miami? It was Miami. Yeah, that was a strange. So maybe thing. most little girls in Miami are gangster. I don't know. That's the concert we left, and the guy was trying to sell me opium. Oh yeah, hey, you guys going to Britney concert? Yeah, you want to buy some opium? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so there we were, me and Albie, whacked on opium, watching <laughs> P. Diddy at a Britney Spears concert. No, but like, yeah. what? Where is that crossover to Britney Spears fans to opium? Yeah. Like, if I could see if it was like a weird. I don't even know what band. Today on the news, hundreds of opium addicts arrived to a Britney Spears concert. <laughs> She's far out, man. And he was in a wheelchair <laughs> and yeah. blocking traffic, and we just wanted to get out of there. We just wanted to get out. It's Miami. You just got to get in, get out. Get in, get paid, get out. Get in, get paid, get out. Otherwise, you're doing 10 to life. Which is true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, tell me about when you met Gene Simmons. Ooh, Gene Simmons. That's a good one. I've met three out of four of the KISS members that day. We were in Orlando, and recently we had talked about my oh-so-wonderful roommate, the asshole. Um, but he was my best friend. <laughs> you have a lot of assholes for best friends, yes. don't you? The assholes make the bestest friends. Because <laughs> nobody else wants to be their friends. Mm-hmm. So you're special. You're, they don't, you're their only friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, anyway. You're supposed to say present company excluded. Present company excluded. Because <laughs> when you're the king, <laughs> you subsede that of all assholes. <laughs> right. Um, the thing was, was Kiss was coming to Orlando uh, on a Friday night. And they were coming to Tampa on a Saturday night. Which from Orlando ain't too bad of a ride. My roommate says, yeah. Well, as soon as they go on sale, that very morning, I'm going down there first thing, and I'm buying some tickets, and we're going to get us some front row or some tickets, maybe some good f- floor seat tickets. Like, dude, you can't go down there the morning they t- 
tickets go on sale. You have to be there the night before. That's the stupidest thing he said he ever heard in his life. Who goes and waits out for tickets overnights? That's stupid. That's absolutely stupid, and you're stupid, and... And I'll prove to you, I'm going to go down there in the morning when they open up, and I'm going to get just as good, if not better, seats than you. Okay. I spent the night. The whole night. Ate dinner in the food court. Mall closed at 9. 9 o'clock, I went in the parking lot. I was there the next morning, 9 o'clock when they opened. First one in line. Uh, what I get? Front row. Center seats. How many tickets, please? One. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, was my roommate pissed. I said, hey, you said you might get the same or better than me, so who am I to deny you of your terrific seat? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, was he pissed. What did he get? He couldn't even get on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Sold out the whole floor in 20 minutes. He didn't get in line until an hour because the line was long by the time he got there. took him over an hour to get up to ticket stand. Needless to say, he was very upset. (laughs) Not his fault. He stuck his foot in his mouth, and I knew what I was doing. But the thing of it was, was he said, regardless, bet aside, if you buy me a ticket for the Tampa show, I will drive us there. Drive and pay for gas. Done. I got third row center for the next night. So the first night, like I said, he was upset. And so he thought he'd be funny and just leave me at the arena. (laughs) I've never been to this arena at the time. This is where? In Orlando. Oh, my goodness. Downtown. Unfortunately, right smack dab in... Let's just say this was the dangerous part of town. So I said, oh my God, what am I going to do? I can take a bus home, but this is uh, 12 o'clock at night. I said, I'm going to have to hide in the parking lot till the next morning when the light comes up and the buses start running because I ain't walking through this town in the middle of the night, you know, because I ain't getting mugged by no, by no mofo. <laughs> no. So I kind of stayed and ditched down in a kind of a like a ramp that maybe went down underneath the arena and it was bushes kind of hid to the side a little bit all of a sudden people started coming out and i could hear people talking and this is a large area and i noticed a bunch of girls coming out look like a bunch of roadies next thing i know there's gene simmons paul stanley eric carr um at this time it was uh bruce cullick was uh the guitarist at the time so i walked up just in the crowd, walked up to Gene Simmons, and just in awe, wow, you're Gene Simmons, like he hasn't heard that before. I put out my ticket, and he autographed it for me. Wow. Front row, center ticket, I just held it out, had a pen already, because it was girls there, and some other people, and they were signing some odd things, and I just kind of luckily just blended in, like I was just part of the crowd. Reached my ticket out, Gene Simmons signed it, went over to Paul Stanley, Paul Stanley signed it, um... Went over to Bruce Collick, he turned my ticket over, signed it. Eric Carr turned around and walked on the bus. Now at this time, he was, I would say, one of my biggest heroes. Um, My biggest rock hero would always be Steve Harris, former founder, songwriter, producer of Iron Maiden, and bass player. Remember that one episode of Charmed uh, that I recorded for you and gave you? Because it had Bruce Campbell in it? Yeah. What happened ever there with that? been 12 years still haven't watched it but i still have it though okay and you're gonna watch it one day um i think i recorded it on video cd at the time with my video cd recorder and cd media i think lasts about a decade so like it might not even be on there anymore i don't know i'll have to check you won't check that's interesting i'll give you 12 more years to check all right if by the our 24th anniversary of meeting you have not watched that charmed episode we'll watch it at my house and if it's not on there, maybe you can make me a new one. Yeah. And I can hold it another 12 years. Well, I own Charmed on DVD now, so. 
Oh, that's I true. I can just let you borrow it. Yeah, I only watch Blu-ray. Back then, you used to have to record it on CD. Um, you watch Blu-ray, yes. I did get you into Blu-ray, didn't I? Yes. Kicking and Screaming. Blu-ray. I got you the DVD from VHS, Kicking and Screaming, and then you're like, I'm never going to go to Blu-ray ever. What's the difference, high def, low def? What do you think now? Well, my roommate gave me the Blu-ray player, so that kind of gave me the incentive to go for it because, you know, it was free. So I got a Blu-ray player, and I have noticed it's better than DVD. Um, DVD is better than VHS, you know, as Blu-ray is better than DVD. You can see the difference. So is uh, transitioning into newer technologies for you, is that more a matter of money than of anything else? Now, yeah, not having a job. I'd have high-def Blu-ray, 3D, everything right now. So you do like Blu-ray now. Uh, tell me some of your Blu-rays you got. Yes. Uh, Blu-rays. I have Jurassic Park Trilogy Blu-ray, nice. which was really awesome. Got it for my birthday last year. I've got 28 Days Later on Blu-ray, which is a cool zombie movie. Also have Evil Dead 1, 2, and 3, Army of Darkness. And I have two versions of 2. And Forrest Gump. Uh, just an odd collection of movies that my roommate gave me with the Blu-ray player. Since he didn't have a Blu-ray, he said, I don't need these movies anymore. Normally, he would have thrown them away, but fortunately, I got them. Why did your roommate, Frankie, Mm -hmm. give you his Blu-ray player? Yeah, he wanted to play DVDs um, over Blu-ray player. Even though his Blu-ray player played DVDs? Even though his Blu-ray player played DVDs, he wanted one that specifically played DVDs. So he gave you his Blu-ray player. And besides, he figured a $15 DVD is a lot cheaper than a $10 Blu-ray. True story. It is. Um, If you could have one Mm Blu-ray that is out or not out, what is your dream Blu-ray to have? And I just realized this recently, it would be... That of the very first DVD I owned, which is Jaws. Jaws. To have Jaws on Blu-ray. Wow. That would be pretty awesome. You know what's coming out on Blu-ray? What? Jaws. Really? Yeah. Well, there we go. That's my favoriteest movie, and I would love to have it on Blu-ray. But I would also love to have a Blu-ray that was made in high definition, you know, because Jaws was filmed in the 70s, so the quality can be brought up only so much. Right. I would imagine. But if I would have got a movie on Blu-ray that was made in the year 2008 or mm-hmm. nine, mm-hmm. the quality would be even better. Oh, better. Yeah, like uh, Batman Returns was filmed in IMAX mm-hmm. and then transferred to Blu-ray, and it's just gorgeous. Yeah, because I've seen some old movies. Like, I have Dawn of the Dead on Blu-ray, the original one. And there's some scenes in there that just look snowy and kind of blurry. Like, it looks no different than it would have on VHS. It was just a clearer, dirty version of what it was. A lot of that has to do with uh, film grain. Mm-hmm. It's shot on, most films are shot on 35 millimeter film, so there's actually a grain in the film itself, like because it's made out of gelatin sure. and yeah. celluloid and a couple other things, and uh, chemicals, of course, and there's like a grain, and you can, the Blu ray is so clear you see the grain. Yeah. There's a big controversy whether or not to smooth out the grain or leave the grain in. But I don't see the grain in the newer ones. No, Only not at all. Only when I make the older ones. Right. But it would still be Jaws would probably be my... August 14th. Movie. August 14th. August 14th. Wow. The Jaws Blu-ray plus DVD plus digital copy plus ultraviolet. Universal's 100th anniversary Jaws Blu-ray. Ooh, ultraviolet. Yes. Violet, you're turning violet, Violet. You're turning violet, Violet. So Jaws would be the movie. Do you have Jaws in any other form of media? Yes. I also have Jaws 
on LP, uh, the music, the, the soundtrack. soundtrack. I also have it on Laserdisc. Awesome. And VHS. Cool. As well as DVD. Can't beat that. No. I also have it on a iPhone. <laughs> iPhone version. Yes. It's the smallest version yet. Yes. But it's really good. That's cool. The shark's really scary in a, on a couple-inch screen, huh? Mm-hmm. Dun it, dun it. Well, a little scary. <laughs> a little. Yeah. All right, so uh, talking about Jaws and stuff, uh, that reminds me of Universal Studios. We took many trips to Universal Studios. We talked many a trip about that earlier a little bit, but I want to get more in-depth. And one of the things that stick out in my mind mostly, let me start here. You and me both observe food safety, maybe because we grew up in the food industry right? and know what causes food to go bad. And Aware of our danger zones and yeah, proper danger handling zone. process. 40 to 140 Fahrenheit Yeah, for the Americans listening and three Celsius. Three-second rule. No idea. Three, no, no three-second rule. That's a bad thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Johnny and I were victims of someone who didn't care too much about the danger zone. Either the handling process was not handled properly or the amount of time was exceeded that of its safety zone. I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to say this as the headline topic, and I'll let you go from there. Turkey leg incident. Oh, what would King Arthur do? (laughs) Uh, Well, I think it started because we wanted to get the most amount of food we could get with the money that we had, and what was available was these King Arthur-sized turkey legs, gigantic, delicious, smelled good. You know, tasted great, nice and smoky. We sat in the uh, New York City part of Universal Studios on a, I guess, cement steps in the entrance of a building. Proceeded to eat our turkey legs, which was extremely messy, took a very long time, and had to face away the public while eating. (laughs) They were kind of disgusting, but they were big and delicious. Uh, And I would say within the hour, we both... um, experienced a very uncomfortable situation of having to SMP. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we both had a SMP. What is yeah. For our listeners, what does SMP stand for when we talk about it? When you're at the point where you feel like you could actually possibly shit your pants, <laughs> or you may shit my pants, SMP. SMP. You, you come to those points where it hits you all of a sudden, and when you're out, what are you going to do? You know, you're not home, you can't be in the comfort of your own home, you know, and then jump in a shower afterwards, which is what you're supposed to do. Definitely. Every time. You do not you do not poop unless you're going to shower right afterwards. Right. And there's not too many showers in public bathrooms. So we had to find a singled-out handicap bathroom that held one person at a time, and it was in a small unit in the shade, behind some trees, in the back, not visible, and it wasn't the... the regular public bathroom where most of the people frequent it was more of a hidden handicap stall and i remember being maybe in like the kids section maybe perhaps in the kids section like, yeah. right next to where um curious george hung out maybe right not only was it a hidden not only was it a handicap but pr- probably just for children still had public access to it though. still had public access that's right where one of us would guard the door while the other one you know and there was a sink in there, which was fortunate, so you could, you know, feel free to clean up and go about your business. But We had to guard the door for each other so nobody would come in seeing us washing our asses in the sink. Right. But as I remember, we went back to the hotel anyway, because we were pretty much done. 
Oh, yeah, because, I mean, after this turkey leg, it just hit us. All of a sudden, it was like, you've never gone to the bathroom before in your life. <laughs> we are ready to explode. We're not going to make it. We're in the public. It's a horrible situation to be in, you know? That's when you just fly home, go home, take care of business, jump in the shower. Yes. When you're in a theme park, it's not so easy. So, somebody messed up in the preparation of those turkey legs. Oh, those turkey legs, it kicked both our asses. Literally. Yeah. So, in the future... At another time, when it was uh, Albie, myself, and my roommate Frank, we suggested that he got the turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And he did get the turkey leg. Did, did and he... if I remember, same situation, yep. but he dealt with it on his own. Yep. <laughs> but we all knew what was happening. Yes. So apparently the turkey leg at Universal Studios Orlando, Florida, not too safe to eat. Unless you were in diapers or prepared... To use the restroom, do not eat the turkey leg. And it's funny, we've been to the theme park so many times, we know what to do and what not to do. So when we go there again with new people, (laughs) we suggest that they do the things that we know not to do. (laughs) I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, Which is funny for us. um, Something to do with a whale Mm -hmm. and some water. Oh, SeaWorld, yeah. Yeah, tell me about SeaWorld and when we uh, went with our uh, audio producer, Heather. Yeah, I remember the first time we went on our own, we went to the Shamu show, and, you know, we figured we sit in a splash zone. Yeah. Figuring, oh, you know, we'll get a little wet, whatever. It's fun, part of the experience. I mean, it is a splash zone. About 3,000 gallons of water hits you all at once. You're completely submerged underwater in a giant splash. It's incredibly huge and very wet, and the water is very, very cold, because these are cold water mammals. We were drenched. We were drenched completely. And we made the mistake of going from Shamu straight to the Arctic exhibit, (laughs) which once you enter, you do not leave for up to an hour, because it's a continued line, and it's part of a ride. Now, when you're completely soaked, and you're in an Arctic exhibit at 30 degrees... (laughs) It is absolutely freezing for the whole hour. (laughs) And we knew this. Yes. Quite enjoyable, though. Shockingly fun. But when you go again and you bring guests (laughs) with you that are new, that haven't had this experience, it is very fun. Which is what happened to Heather. Not only was the wave big, but it actually knocked her out of her seat, (laughs) on her ass, dropped her drink, hit the ground and everything. Now that's a splash zone. You know, you think we would have end the the torture right there. <laughs> nope. We went right to the Arctic exhibit, oh. knowing once you get in, you do not get out. Uh. She was soaking wet and very upset. <laughs> <laughs> very cold and very upset. And we did it on purpose. And we did it on purpose. Yeah. And, well, the good thing is, is they offered free hot chocolate. Yes. Which we found out Frankie does not like hot chocolate. That was, that, that was funny. Yeah. Yep. She froze to death, and we laughed our asses off. Uh, was that trip to SeaWorld? Is that when you got that huge uh, whale? Oh yeah, the Shamu. Where you throw the rings and get the bottle? I didn't even have to do all that. I just got a big giant Shamu, the biggest Shamu they have in the park. Probably six feet long and three times as wide as a human. I had to walk that from one end of the park through the other. Then through the parking lot into the car, which barely fit in the back seat. Yeah, I think I remember driving home, the tail was still hanging out of the car. Yeah, that was quite an animal. And I still have it hanging from the ceiling in my room, which hovers over my entire bed. 
The big Shamu. You ever wake up in the middle of the night and go, ah, what the hell is that? Yeah, I feel like I'm sunk underwater. I wake up and I'm looking up and the whales are above me. <laughs> and then I look over and the fish are swimming looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a lot of lot of good trips, a lot of good times, and we keep doing stuff. Somehow we keep doing stuff. We go on so many trips. Somehow, yeah. Uh, we're, we're both pretty broke-ass bitches. And how we afford to do this time after time, year after year, usually funded by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, we had a tradition uh, when we first met was the whole, you buy, I fly. And he flies a lot. <laughs> because you, you don't drive. Right. So I would drive, and you would pay for the tickets. So I didn't really choose where we were going or what we were doing because, you know, you're the one buying, so whatever. But I was always up for, yeah, I'll do anything, whatever, I'll drive. Mm -hmm. You know, so it worked out until we spent all your savings up. Yes. But we had a great time. Which one started at 10 large. And uh, what are you at today? At today, I have not even a savings account. (laughs) I am (laughs) sub-zero. But you're still my friend, so I'm not in it for the money, so there you go, right? The first weekend, he flew, cost me $990, (laughs) but it was well worth it. We rented a car, hotel, um, Quiznos, Year's Pass of Universal Studios, Britney Spears concert, worth every penny. It was a great time. Yeah. I think you were the one that rented the car, even though you didn't quite have a license. If if not that time, then it was the second time. So the second time we did it. Okay. I had rented a car with a identification card. Which the dealer who lent me the car, rented me the car, insisted that I drove. Right. I couldn't drive because you were the only one on the policy. Right. But instead of renting it with a driver's license and a credit card, you rented it with a state ID and a debit card. A state identification card, no drivers, and a debit card. And he insisted you drove and not me. Uh, I think he was a little high. He may have not have been promoted. From his position. Luckily, we're safe drivers, but Maybe we got the insurance. We always get the insurance. Yes. So the $95 car cost 350 <laughs> <laughs> But we could have just brought the keys back and said, sorry, dude. Right. But of course, we'd bring it back washed and full of We should have just told the dude, we already paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we're the guys who paid, right? And you'd be like, right. oh, okay. Yeah, we're just waiting for our change. <laughs> I gave you a $400 bill. <laughs> Here's your $50. Have a good trip to Orlando. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but we do we do get around and do things. It's fun. Um, yeah. How about the girl in Amity Island, Jaws part of Universal Studios, who insisted that she guessed my weight and age. <laughs> At this time, I wanted to say I was 33, give or take a year. 32, maybe 34. Um, and her job depends on guessing the a, uh, actual age and weight. Her guess was I was 45 <laughs> and 250 pounds. <laughs> and at, she said she was being nice because she went a little light and a little young. Now, 45, I was only maybe 32. And my weight, I did not exceed that of 170 at that time while I was working. <laughs> she thought you were 250. A minimum of 45 years old and 250 pounds. It's no wonder I frighten children and they ask their fathers what the hell I am. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember going into McDonald's one day and a child pointing at you and asking their parent, what the hell is that? Yeah. (laughs) The father puts the child's hand down and says, don't look at it, walk away. (laughs) 
And to me, you look perfectly normal. I was like, is it the hair? Was it the Iron Maiden shirt? Was it the whole package? I don't know. But I not only frighten children, I frighten women and senior citizens as well. And the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Yes. Hmm. Just goes to show you, don't judge a book by its cover. That's right. That's something I don't do. I don't judge a book by its cover. I get to know people before I make my snaps. Because I'm all coloring book with crayons on the inside, and I'm the book of the dead on the outside. Yes. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, I I guess so. Yeah. It's it's not what you would expect. (laughs) And it's only a shame that at this point, not only is Jaws the ride no longer at Universal Studios, nor is Back to the Future ride at Universal Studios. Therefore, there is no reason to adventure to that park or the island and joined that place is no longer amusement you should spend your money and go to sea world mm-hmm. not only will you have just as much fun but you'll learn a lot more about animals i think our future endeavor might be to go to bush gardens yes bush gardens will be the next stop our three favorite rides i think were jaws Back to the Future and King Kong. Oh, and King Kong. And All gone. now they have none of those. They replaced them with child-themed movies, which are fine, but it's the adults that are paying. Mm-hmm. They should be entertained as well. And Universal catered to everybody, not just children. Now they're leaning towards mostly teens, children, nothing much left for the adults. And Back to the Future ride was like our thing, like first ride we went on, we'd go on. First ride, last then, ride. And then like three times in between during the day. My father was there, my mother was there, my sisters were there. Every friend I've ever had was there. That was more than a ride, it was it was a friend. It's tradition. <laughs> it was tradition. You know, it's just like, uh, let's take this uh, Lincoln Monument down and put up something with... Something from the Twilight Saga, because that's what the kids want to see. Yeah, no. Well, keep the... Thing and then put up something else. Yeah, it's not like we're hurting for land in Florida. No, don't take from what we already have. Increase, you know. We're both pretty passionate about that, I think. They should have just made the park larger. Yeah. You know, instead of taking a ride away, add another ride. As good as Twist of the Ride is, it used to be a live stage act called Ghostbusters with live actors. Yeah. That was an incredible show. It would. It still should be there to this day. There's a picture of me and Johnny in our Back to the Future shirts standing in front of the new Simpsons ride. Which is now the Simpsons ride. Yep, with all sad face. And I did go on the Simpsons ride. I don't hate the Simpsons. I'm still a little bit bitter because Back to the Future is no longer there. But every time I go in, after they change it to the Simpsons, I always ask the person that lets you in. And I would go, is this a Back to the Future ride? And, you know, they'd be like, no. But, like, they've heard that a thousand times, of course. Or they would say, oh, my God, that was when I was really young. Like three years ago. Like three years ago when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That happened actually at a um, our first trip to Walt Disney World. I wanted to enjoy my favorite ride of all times, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. When we could not find it, we <laughs> asked an employee. He was like, oh, I think I remember that. That used to be there a long time ago, like before I was born, I think. This is Captain Nemo speaking. Proceeding on a course that will take us on a voyage 20,000 leagues under the sea. Our route will pass beneath the polar ice cap and then probe depths seldom seen by man. So make yourselves comfortable, but please remain seated at all times. Oh, so the ride ain't there no more. Yeah, what is it now? It's something. 
It was a uh, it was a fenced off area with tables and umbrellas, perhaps <laughs> a dining area of some sort. So you could eat your lunches of. They took sort. down twenty thousand leagues under the sea and they put um, up like a picnic area. Picnic area, exactly. So it's not just Universal; it's all of these places do this. Like stuff. it was nothing to put in twenty thousand leagues under the sea, so we'll just put in a couple tables and chairs. I mean, <laughs> my goodness! After all that work, you would think anything just it was an awesome ride it took in a submarine you were underwater you got attacked by an octopus i'll never know good stuff and you'll never know no i don't think there's footage out there either because the people have like cell phone cameras back then and i heard they used actual um submarines that were used in world war ii really they were really old really small that's pretty but they were real subs they weren't just made for the ride they were bought and and remodeled or transformed into... I'll have to do some research on that. Into the ride. The latest news I heard on it is they're making like a little mermaid land and using the old 20,000 Leagues now. Mm. I was fortunate enough to see the Little Mermaid, a live stage act, in the musical. Lovely. Yeah, you, you don't like musicals. Yeah. But I love musicals, so sometimes... Now I, I tolerate them. I yeah. don't hate them. But back then you hated them. Hated them. Yeah. <laughs> But you don't go on rides, so it's no. either the theme parks have rides and shows. Yeah. So you got to do something other than people watching. Drink. Not a lot of nice girls in Florida wearing next to nothing. Yeah. So that's that's always a plus. Um. Okay. So we're we talk about Jaws. We talk about Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. That reminded me. Uh, when you were a child, didn't you go on a cruise? You told me about one time or something. Oh yeah, I had gone on a cruise. It was in uh, 1986. Um. My father, my mother, and my two sisters, Catherine and Julie, and we went to the Bahamas for four nights, five days. That's what it was. Not bad. And I believe it was the uh, Royal Princess Cruise Lines. We went to the actual island where they filmed Gilligan's Island. No, really? Yes. Wow. He actually set off for the three-hour tour was where the cruise ships uh, leave. I want to say Venice was the beach. I may be wrong. I don't I don't remember the exact beach, but I believe it's Venice in Florida on the East Coast, and there's a jetty, rocks that go way out there. And it has a nickname. It's called Shark Tooth Beach because shark teeth wash up on the beach. Even though it supposedly took place and was filmed in Hawaii, the set sail place actually happened in Florida, which went to a little island in the Bahamas. It was pretty awesome. It was uh, Bahama Goombe Festival, and... We had a lot of fun. My parents had their own cabin. My sisters had their own cabin, and I had my own cabin. And it's one of the first times that I had um, went out, made friends, and actually met a nice girl. And we watched a movie on the ship. We actually went dancing, um, went back to my cabin and hung out. And we had an interest in each other, you know. I bought her a small necklace, and she brought me a, a little charm that I could wear on my shirt and we exchanged addresses and phone numbers and and I was really happy about that thing was is when I came home later on after this and at the best time uh, my best friend at the time was a guy named Bob Galvin and I had showed him the picture of this girl that I had met on the cruise and and on the other side of the picture had her name and her address and all information I need well at one point of our conversation and hanging out i excused myself came back and thought it was funny that he had hid this picture from myself 
and I'm like, it's not funny. This picture means a lot to me. It's got her address. I know I should have written down on something else. The bad thing was he hid it in the oven in the kitchen, which after shortly his mother came home to preheat the oven <laughs> to cook dinner. When the oven filled up with smoke, she yelled and said, what was this? He realized what he did. Then I realized what he did. I was very upset and have never heard from this girl ever again my whole life. Do you remember her name? Her name was, I believe, Michelle Rodriguez. (laughs) Oh, man, there's got to be 10,000 of those. And I remember her saying, uh, obviously, her father was Mexican and his mother was of the Caucasian persuasion. So there's really, I mean, you could search Facebook for Michelle Rodriguez's, but... Yeah, and we're talking 30 years ago. So she's probably got two different last names by now. She's probably been married twice, has six kids, and has hmm, probably many... Do you think it's one of those kind of Justin and Brittany things, like one day you'll meet up and see each other and you'll just know? Uh, I think, you know how they say there's someone for everyone? I believe my everyone has been there. And my opportunity was missed, whether I had it or almost had it. I don't know. All I know is I feel like it it has been there and now it's gone. And I don't know if that opportunity, if I'm fortunate enough, may come full circle around in my life again, whether it's that same person, which I believe will be. And, oh, my God, I knew you 20 years ago. Or why didn't we do this when we were younger? Oh, my God, you went to the same high school. We, we probably knew each other. You know, I feel like my opportunity was right there, and I missed it, and I have to wait for it to come all the way around again. Because being almost 43, I've never been married. I've never had a girlfriend, never had dated anyone at Christmas, never had a Valentine, never had a girlfriend on my birthday. I've dated, um, and I've had several short-time, very brief girlfriends, but never on a holiday or an occasion or a birthday or, or anything. Never a girl I could bring home and say to my mother, this is my girlfriend. This is so-and-so. Um, except for the, if I don't know, probably... Stuff we already talked about. Yeah, like... So you had a wife, it just wasn't yours? Yes. Okay. If it wasn't for another man's wife, I would have never had a wife of my own. Understood. Mm. So just uh, from me, as a, as a note, if anybody out there knows a Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. that has a very similar story... Mm-hmm. Because she had your information but didn't contact you. So wouldn't that be crazy if it like blew out the window and she never got a chance to... I never thought of that. Yeah. I'm sure she had my address and all the information and I never received anything. So, so this is like a love story 30 years in the making that I want to see resolved. So if anybody knows this girl, let me know at barrenspace at gmail.com. And if I can add any other thing, I I do believe that this time was 86, and she lived in Jacksonville, Florida. Ooh. So that kind of... You could search on Facebook for Michelle Rodriguez, Jacksonville, Florida, if she never moved. And I do also believe that I was 13 and she was 16. So this time she'd be 45, perhaps 46 years of age. Dude, you're getting you're getting so much information that <laughs> wow. I never heard before that I could have helped you with this. I'm like wow. a little so Veronica Michelle Mars. Michelle Rodriguez from Jacksonville, Florida in 1986 that was 16 years old would be about 46 years of age now. Of course, would have the brown hair and brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Of course. So hopefully she's listening and she'll give us a call. And if she actually possessed that necklace that I had bought her... And still wearing it today. Wow. Near, far, 
wherever you are. Your heart will go on, dude. My heart will go on. Um, I have to... Okay, what was... Uh, remember uh, Unsolved Mysteries? Remember that show? Mm-hmm. If you or someone you know... Contact. 1-800-555. No, well, I have a number. <laughs> if you or someone you know knows Michelle Rodriguez from Jacksonville, approximately age... 46. And wearing a necklace given to her on a cruise in 1985... 6. 1986... <laughs> Then please contact us at 1-707-847-6682, and we will get you in touch with the proper party. And I don't want to hear, Yeah, I'm Michelle Rodriguez. (laughs) You're not going to fool me, buddy. (laughs) But she might have an exact same story, too. Mm -hmm. So you want to cruise? I want to cruise. Of course, different story. It was my honeymoon, so I still know the chick. So Yeah. There's actually another girl, similar situation, that I've always kind of wish I would have kept in contact with. When I um, finished high school in 1987, I proceeded to make my way up to New Hampshire, where I had a female cousin who's maybe about six years older than I am, who lived in New Hampshire. And I was young, 17, and I went up there, and I hitchhiked uh, across the state several times, going up and down the coast, throughout the mountains, up and down the highways. And within that time... I came across a small town called Union, Union, New Hampshire. And at this time, I was with a friend. Me and him were living in a station wagon, which he um, borrowed from his mother. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a whole long story in itself, so I will get to my point. Um, In this small town, uh, the friend that I was traveling with knew a girl that he was supposedly dating you know or was friends with and he was friends with a lot of people being that he traveled around a lot and anyway um i met his girlfriend's friend and her name was alice and when i met her i instantly fell in love with her and this girl i could just not describe she was a small country girl living in the mountains of new england she was very pretty very nice very innocent didn't smoke didn't drink she was the ideal girl and we hit off instantly so i discontinued my travels with my friend and stayed in union not having a job or a place to stay i would stay under the railroad tracks literally for two weeks sleeping under the tracks with just the clothes on my back which she was fortunate enough to bring me some of her brother's t-shirts and stuff we would sneak down by the river on the other side of the tracks spend our entire days and half our nights holding hands and talking and this went on for a couple weeks until eventually my friend came back i had no choice i had to move on i was hungry i had no clothes tired cold with the intention that I was going to get my life back together, you know, grow up, kind of get myself settled in somewhere, call her, rejoin her to where we could spend our lives together. We exchanged numbers, addresses, everything. I had my friend take me back to my cousin's, which she proceeded to bring me to my uncle's, which I came back to Florida with full intentions to move her down here. She had a sister that was living in Tampa, Florida. She said she would move to Tampa, stay with her sister, and wait for me to get uh, the apartment and job and get settled in. And when the opportunity came, I chickened out and didn't want nothing to do with it. I was afraid to get in a relationship. I was nervous because I never had a girlfriend. 
Something just made me so scared that I couldn't do this. I didn't return her calls, never called her back. And the guilt just killed me that eventually I called her back after several months where she originally lived in New Hampshire. And I got her mother on the phone and she was so upset telling me how upset her daughter was and how much I meant to her and how she wanted to do this and move down here and did all this for me and I left her high and dry. And I didn't realize I did it until I did it. I was like, oh yeah, right, this girlfriend, she's just coming down to Florida, just an excuse to move away or get away from the small town. I didn't really think she really liked me. You know, we did when we did, but that was a moment in time. But like we said before, I feel like my opportunity was passed by. And I believe if that wasn't an opportunity, I don't know what else could have been. It sounds like perfect. And to this day, I'll never forget about it. What was her name? (sighs) To this day, I don't have the address her last name, number, all I remember was she was from Union, New Hampshire, and this was in 1987, and her name was Alice, and she had a sister that lived in Tampa Bay, Florida, which she moved to in 1988, and that's all the information I have. But I would believe of every opportunity I ever have in my life, that was the best opportunity I ever had, and I blew it, big time. I blew some stuff, so it's not only you, You everybody blows it. And even my dad said, you know, whenever I had an, any opportunity to involve myself in a relationship, I blew it away. And I never realized that until he told me that. And I have not yet had an opportunity in close to 15 years that I believe that all my opportunities I blew away, I've blown too far, perhaps, you know. I remember some girl that was smitten with you in back of the wrestling we went to a few months back. Schmitten. She, like, was fascinated with you and wouldn't stop talking to you. And she was a cute-looking girl. You don't remember this? Danny? No. Um, we went to see, I think, WWE at Germain Arena. We were out back. <gasps> oh, that's right. We're after a large WWE event. We walk around the arena. We wait in back for all the wrestlers to leave in their tour buses and or cars. Um, it's been two and a half years, and we are still waiting for The Undertaker to come out. <laughs> Undertaker never comes out. He never came out, no. He's got to leave the building right after the um, match or something. It was that night that I engaged in a conversation with a nice, lovely young lady, which I do believe may have been too young. I believe she might have been 15, 16. She could have easily have been 25. Yeah, I was thinking like 23 looking. <sighs> she was definitely young. I was using... Young, young as an excuse to not advance, but she suggested she wanted to give her number out. I suggested nothing. <laughs> um, she was talking about giving your number. She was telling you about her situation. She was fascinated with you, talking with you, and when you kind of didn't reciprocate, she got back in the car, and she was talking to her friends. Her po- parents. Her, her parents, possibly. Yes. And they convinced her to go back out and try again. Mm-hmm because she liked you so much and she tried again to get your number or information and i did not pick up on any of these signals (laughs) (laughs) and me and frankie and heather were about five ten feet away giving you your space because it was obvious she was way into you yes so and then you just didn't give it to her huh yes um even when i do have the opportunity i don't know it right and I've done that myself plenty of times, mm-hmm. where like 10 minutes later, or half hour later, I'm like, what just happened? Could have, oh, damn it. Yeah. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. 
I always said I will always know the girl of my dreams when I see her because she will be wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. I've said this probably since 1985, if not before, and have only once since seen a girl actually wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. And when I approached her and commented how much I like her shirt, she responded by, Gay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to be bilingual to live in Florida. I do believe she was from South America, which is more Spanish than... American Spanish. I think people. they speak Portuguese in parts of South America. Uh, I think Portugal is is just off the coast, going towards Europe. Yeah, but Portuguese oh, language. No, Portuguese. There is a Portugal, I think, in South right, America. That's right, that's where Portuguese came from, I think. Oh, it like broke off and yeah, floated over there. Floated over there with the Egypt yeah. and the tobacco. They probably stole it and put it over there. Yeah, copy pasted it. Yeah, copy and paste. There is a girl you know that wears Iron Maiden t-shirts now, but she's my wife, so hands off. Yeah, well... Tell me about when you first met my wife, Heather. Um, well, we won't talk about the first time. Hey! <laughs> I mean, the last time. I hey. mean... Hey! <laughs> uh, I do believe the first time we met was before Albie had ever met her. I was living with Steve Norder um, on the corner of Andalusia and Rootin' Tootin' Common, part of uh, Egypt, I do believe. It was way out there in Cape Coral. And every once in a while, I would walk to Albertsons, which took about about an hour, maybe over an hour to walk there. And the last time I was there, I do believe I had left my house keys there, which house keys can be, you know, remade. You can make new keys. And being that I wasn't even sure if I left it there, I wasn't going to walk over an hour in 100 degrees heat in the summertime back to the chance that the house keys were there. But for the fact that the keychain itself was not only a 1985 pewter teddy bear keychain, but was given to me by the late, great, um, big Al, um, Albert Burge Sr. So for that reason alone, I walked back to the store to see if perhaps I had left my keys there. When I proceeded to the customer service, a young girl came out with a box of keys, keychains, all sorts of pocket stuff and sorting through them fortunately i did find my keys and were reunited with them and have them to this day but it wasn't till the time i told this story at perkins which heather worked at which is the original place where the three of us worked at where heather and albie had met for the first time that just maybe what a year maybe two years before that that the girl that was at customer service that helped me find my lost key was in fact Heather Lynn Birch. Powell Birch. <laughs> Powell. <laughs> at that time. You're right. So the funny thing it is, is I actually met her before he did. And I bought her an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so she... The day before their first date. Yes. That, was... that inspired her to go out with me. Yeah. As soon as I bought her an ice cream, oh, that was so nice and sweet. Would you like to go out on a date? And... Albie said yes. <laughs> Perhaps she, I think she thought it was him that bought her the ice cream. I'm telling you, everybody always gets us confused. That's right. So I just happened to luck out in that situation. In a lot of situations, being at work, Albie being the head chef or the wheel man, was in charge of a lot of things at one time. And his parents used to always love to come in, even though he advised them not to. And they'd always come in even worse when he was 
at his busiest. So sometimes when his parents would come in, he would send me out to the table in the dining room to say hi to his parents to get credit for him going out there. So later on, when he talks to his dad, he can say, it was nice to have seen you at work, mm-hmm. even though it was me. Nobody can tell us apart. No. You and me can tell each other apart. No. Easily. I don't see why other people can. Sometimes I think his mother can tell us apart, but I'm not sure his dad did. No. Um, Heather no. can tell us apart, as far as I know. Hopefully. Except for that one time. Hey! No. <laughs> um, I have a similar story. I actually, probably after we met, but I remember working on that side of town and dropping you off after work and stuff, and going to the Albertsons on, um, I want to say, Santa Barbara and Cape Coral Parkway. And there was this young teenage girl. Meanwhile, I'm maybe late 20s, so I was thinking I was old at the time. Right. But she's like 15, 16. Sure. Hot. Mm-hmm. Right? So I go, you know, I have, I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't know what to do to go up to the counter. She's working in you know, like the lotto cigarette counter, customer service, I guess. Sure. And uh, she had this bright orange, red hair, smoking hot. So I bought a lottery ticket, and I went in for like two weeks every day after work to buy a lottery ticket. I uh, finally, you know, convinced myself that, you know, there's no way she would be into me because I'm old and she's young, and but I just thought she was beautiful. So after me and Heather had been together for a while, she showed me some of her old pictures and was telling me she used to work there, and I saw an old picture of her, and it was the same chick. That is crazy. Crazy, right? Wicked coincidence. Yes, but like the orange hair, the Albertsons uniform. Yeah was the girl that would become your future wife that employed at a restaurant yeah. that we've worked at. I was almost stalking her, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys just stop in if a cute girl's working somewhere, and you know, and I'd make a little chit-chat, but it was I was so nervous that, you know, I was it was horrible. Now but, she stalks you night yes. and day, 24-7. You now, are the love of her life. You are the king of her castle. So I got my wish. You are the universe. <laughs> I'm the what? The Yuna of her verse. Ah, I like that. You like that one? You yeah. are the fire of her fly. Aw. You are the seren of her entity. <laughs> <laughs> very good brown coat references. You get your 20% yes. brown coat discount because of that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Serenity was an incredibly awesome movie. Yes. I've seen it several times a day. <laughs> it's a must-see for anybody. Yes, yeah, it's available on HD DVD, DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, and PSP. It's like Gunsmoke meets Star Trek. Yeah, that's a good analogy. It is. It's really good. The first time I knew you were a really genuinely good person is when, I think it was at Kiwanis, I was leaving, it's a thrift store mm-hmm. down here, uh, I was leaving a thrift store in the dark, in the rain, and my mm-hmm. Firebird at the time, 1983 Firebird. Piece of crap. Yeah. Would not start. It was... The starter went out. And this car was so bad. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, uh, Adam Sandler wrote a song just for his car. <laughs> yes, he did. Yep. Uh, the POS car, we'll call yeah, it. Yeah. I loved it. I love all my Firebirds. I've had like five of them, but all of them break all the time. It looks cool from across a couple of streets, but... But you always have to fix something. Oh, always. But in this situation, I, I couldn't start the car, you know... Of course, working for a restaurant, I have no money for, you know, getting a towed or anything like that or taking it to a garage. So I think I had an extra starter in my trunk or something. Like I had stopped at the parts store and then stopped at the thrift store, which I shouldn't have done. But so it's pitch dark in the rain and I call you on my flip phone back then. Flip phone. 
as I answered my rotary phone. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm stuck. Help. What do I do? What did you do, Johnny? Um, well, I grabbed a flashlight, left my apartment, and walked to Kiwanis, which was about a mile and a half at night, in the dark, in the rain, with no umbrella, no car, and a flashlight, which I proceeded to shine on his <laughs> POS car. <laughs> And he fixed it and said thank you and drove himself home and left me to walk back home in the rain, in the dark, by myself. And that's the kind of friend he was. No, he gave me a ride home. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a great time. Yeah, wonderful. Um, But this is the kind of guy he is. He knew me literally months, I think, at the time. And he walked in the rain, in the dark, miles with a flashlight so I could fix my car. What was the name of that place? Tender Moments. Tender Moments. Tender Moments. Remember when there were adult shops? Yes. Before the I internet? used to exchange adult magazines. Mm. I'd exchange <laughs> some of my uh, 1981 magazines for 1986 magazines. You know, upgrade. <laughs> uh. Now, my entire uh, collection of magazines, which exceeded that of hundreds, have now been burnt up in flames... Um, and a bonfire underneath religious beliefs. Not of myself, but of my brother-in-law. Thank you, Mike Abel. <laughs> People are strange. Yes. I mean, you know, if you don't like it, don't look at it. Don't watch it. Don't borrow it. Don't rent it. Don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't care for country music. I'm not going to collect it and destroy it. I just won't listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody you should know? have the right to enjoy whatever they like to enjoy. That's right. No matter what it is. Speaking of, mm-hmm. speaking of country music, mm-hmm. when you and me were at Epcot, yes, we went to, was it Japanland or something? Japan. Tell me about Japanland. Oh, yes. Um, well, it was our first time in Japan. Um, uh, Godzilla was a no-call, no-show. <laughs> Couldn't find him anywhere. That's beside the point. As we're in Japan, um, I always wanted to... Uh, well, the thing of it is, is when you go to Epcot, some maybe a college thing, kids are like, okay, you go there, they have this game where you drink around the world. Each country, you have something to drink. Well, I'm not quite that much, but I wanted a few drinks in a few countries, like maybe a German beer in Germany, and when we were in Japan, I always wanted to try sake. Um, we go up to, you know, it's an authentic counter and authentic um, waitresses and Japanese girls. And I ordered my first sake. And when I got it, to my surprise, I couldn't understand and said to the girl, why, this this is hot. <laughs> and, you know, they kind of look and laugh at you. And Albie says, it's supposed to be hot. <laughs> But I had no idea sucky was supposed to be hot and tasted more like sweat sucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, ah, it's hot. And the girls are laughing at you. Yes. Yeah. Who's to thought sucky was hot? I knew it was hot and I don't even drink. I figured if it's sucky, it was bad enough, but you got to heat it up. <laughs> but it's not too bad if you like hot rice wine. Most people prefer their wine chilled. Which is what I thought the Japanese did. But then again, they put octopus in their ice cream. This is true. So, you think twice when you eat anything Japanese. Probably going to contain some form of seafood. Not in a bad way, just in an exotic way. Like, Albie had 
uh, at in the same village in Japan bought cookies made of seaweed. Oh, they were good <laughs> seaweed cookies. I love seaweed. Seaweed cookies, yep. Yep, seaweed. But in America, we don't eat seaweed cookies. <laughs> no. Only chocolate chip. Chocolate chip, <laughs> not octopus. Right. Suction cup chips. And if you're in Japan and you want cheese, you have to go to McDonald's for cheeseburgers. What would I do for all the cheese in China? Where do you get cheese in China? McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> Did you like that segue? Country music, uh, sake, Japan had nothing to do with each other. Yeah, you you threw me off. I was like, I was right. doing really good up until that point. Yeah, I was like, but what I, country? I couldn't country get any thing. further than that. So tell me about Charlie. A good friend of mine, Carlos, works at Perkins. No, nar- not Carlos Sanchez Silva. Oh, not Carlito. No, not Carlito. No, you Hurricane mean uh, my friend? Oh, I thought you meant my friend, Mister Brown. Charlie Brown. <laughs> well, Charlie says, uh, "Love your good and plenty," right? Yes. Um, Charlie, the most frightening experience I've ever had in a storm, uh, it was a uh, hurricane. Um, It was, of all times, on Friday the 13th. Really? Yes. Oh, cool. So it was a holiday. You couldn't watch your movies, though. Yes. Um, After watching the first Friday the 13th, a special bulletin came on the television. We have a Category 3 hurricane heading right towards the Caloosahatchee River. And if you live within three miles of the river, mandatory evacuation because you will die to death. (laughs) (laughs) These are actual words. Actual words. Okay, quotes Um, from the news. And I was within three miles of the Caloosahatchee River. Oh my God, what do I do? Right. TV went out, lights went out, (laughs) no cell phone, only a rotary phone. Connected to the wall with a wire. Connected to the wall. I have no car. I'm in a you're going to die zone. (laughs) Category three storm coming. Power goes out, phone goes out, cable goes out. Oh my God, what do I do? I slid my dining room table to a corner wall, surrounded it by the couch and love seat, climbed up underneath with my cat and my teddy bear, Brooklyn. And for 45 minutes, all I could hear was pounding on the roof, on the walls, sticks, rocks, debris of all sorts, just banging, banging, glass breaking. I thought, that's it. This whole place is coming down any minute now for 45 minutes straight. Come outside, there's air-conditioned units stuck in the roof of the gas station. (laughs) Uh, 80-foot trees on the ground, palm trees everywhere. Everything was smashed. Everything was destroyed. Had no power in my apartment for eight days. August, 100 degrees every day. Um, My neighbors were ghetto. I lived on the bad side of town. And it was even badder side of town upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty rough. And on, um, you know, that was the first night after Charlie left. It was about seven or eight o'clock at night, getting dark. National Guard keeping people off the streets. We had an actual curfew. Um, so nobody could go anywhere at that night. So it wasn't until the actual light of day the next day people saw the damage and the extent of the catastrophicness we had with Charlie and just destruction. uh, Albie's father had a whole freezer full of meat as usual. I mean, we're talking hamburgers, hot dogs, just pork chops, anything you can think of with meat. And uh, Albie had brought me over a giant Ziploc baggie filled with hot dogs. Cooked. Cooked, yeah. Barbecued to perfection. It was nice. And being that, you know, Albie is the king, he got power the next day. Well, he was on the grid of a fire department and invited me to stay at his place. I said, no, I will be fine. It's only 92 degrees on the kitchen floor. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it was the most horrible night of my life. I called him back and begged him to come pick me up, and he said, yeah, the, the, the army ain't going to let me out, or the cops won't let you out. There's yeah, a curfew. There's, like, curfew and blockades. I waited until the next day. Media silence, and it was bad. Yeah, and then I went to Albie's house. That was fun. Stayed there for three or four days till my power came back on. Where he proceeded to tease me the entire time of a hidden topless picture, <laughs> which was of myself. Okay, so this is what I did. <laughs> I did not have the money to develop that roll of film. We're talking about analog film in a 35 millimeter camera. I was taking pictures. Like I had a whole roll of film developed. The last picture on the roll of film I took of you, and uh, you had your shirt off. Mm-hmm. And then immediately afterwards, I was telling you I need to get this roll of film developed because I have a topless picture on it of someone you know. Which was coincidence because we just happened to have been talking about the girl who at that time was the girl of my dreams. Right. But I wouldn't tell you who the topless and picture was. And I'm thinking, was. how would you get a picture of her? <laughs> so you you had to develop the film to see who the topless yeah. picture was of you. Well, you, you fed on that feeling knowing that I thought that it was not myself and somebody else. <laughs> and when you finally saw it, you were so mad. Yeah, you're, you're an asshole. I am an asshole, but in a nice way. In a nice way. I'm the nicest asshole you'll ever meet. You're the meet. nicest asshole you ever met. I'm properly bleached. That's right. All right. Um, okay, we'll take a break right now, and uh, we'll come back for our final, final segment of John G. Weir Jr., a conversation with Albie. This will be the final before the actual final final. Right. Because. And there could always be a P.S. Right. That might last six hours. P.S.? Postscript. Oh, yeah. Partly short. <laughs> Post-seduction. So that's it for part two, folks, of A Conversation with Albie with John G. Weir Jr. How are you liking J-Dub so far? I'm loving it. But believe it or not, even after over four hours of podcasts on the life story of Johnny G. Weir and our adventures together, through time, through time, almost like a modern-day Bill and Ted, there is still one more part to go. One more part in the trilogy? If you missed part one, go back and listen to it. It's a great show. Ah! Okay. Okay. Relax, Al. It's me. It's me. It's Johnny. No, it can't be. It can't be you. I just sent you back to the future. Yeah, oh, I know. You did send me back to the future. But I'm back. I'm back from the future. Great, Scott. To be concluded. Hi, this is Johnny Jr., and I'm here with my very special Brooklyn Bear, and we're on a conversation without me. Like, I just didn't understand it until, you know, when you meet a new friend, there's things that they may like that you don't know about and things that you like, and you want your friends to like what you like, and you want to like, you know, what your other friends like. So I was like, I'll give it a chance. Olives everywhere, all over the floor. You know Albie's been here, because there's olives on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Cookie Monster. Crumbs up, down, left, right, north, south, east, west. Crumbs everywhere. No matter what we did or what we were doing, what was going on in our life, we knew that every Thursday we'd get together and we'd watch Survive every Thursday. Dinosaurs and comic books lamp black pigment of soot <laughs> thank you thank you 
for joining us for this episode of A Conversation with Albie. Go to barrenspace.com to listen to new installments of this and other great podcasts from Barren Space Productions. Support from listeners like you help keep this podcast operating. You can find a link to donate using PayPal on barrenspace.com. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of A Conversation with Albie, Barren Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. Special thanks to Stephen Order for web maintenance and ZeroPain.com for providing reliable and painless web service. A Conversation with Albie is edited by Albie. A Conversation with Albie is a Barren Space production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.